This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Tuesday the 22nd of November, I love Midday Madness today. We put to you, the listeners, if you could take a player or a team from before the 2000s, who could legitimately step into the modern day and dominate with all the new equipment and all their previous skills. Had some ripper suggestions. Cricketers, golfers, boxers, the whole shebang. Good stuff. Uh, we caught up with Casey Laulala, former All Black and Crusader Centre as part of our ex-athlete series, catching up with former stars to see what life looks like after sport. He's had a fantastic playing career and now forging a new career for himself down in Christchurch. Good to catch up with Casey. Uh, also caught up with Guy Wilson, Lydia Coe's first golf coach, talking about her wonderful season and what he sees in her swing and what he sees in her future as well. Uh, we're so proud of Lydia, so good to catch up with her formative coach, Guy Wilson. And then Zoe Hobbs, Kiwi 100-metre sprinter. She's had a break. She's starting to build for her summer. Uh, what does her schedule look like? What are her goals? Always enjoy catching up with our elite athletes. Uh, we played the vault today and we did a new thing. We had a draft. We're going to do it every Tuesday. We're calling it draft day. And we drafted me, Captain K and Sammy H, our top five towns of New Zealand. And we have so, so many. So apologies to the ones that didn't make it. There were so many. Uh, and then we took votes and saw who had the best starting five of Towns of New Zealand. Something to look forward to every Tuesday. Also had the vault. I still don't know what's in there. We're playing for 200 tomorrow. So if you're listening tomorrow, $200 worth of vault. Sorry, not tomorrow. Thursday, we've got the chase tomorrow. We had a look back in the day and we caught up with Jimmy Smith across the ditch as well. Always good to have your company listening to the podcast and of course this podcast is the afternoons with Staffy here on SENZ Gull fueling your mission pop into your local for some good value fuel gull.nz here to get you through your work day this is afternoons with Staffy on SENZ
Good afternoon, folks. Good afternoon. We've got an awesome show for you today, an eclectic mix of guests, which we are looking forward to chatting to through the show. We are going to catch up with former All Black and Crusaders centre Casey Laulala as part of our ex-athlete series, thanks to the Rugby Network, which is a bit of an offshoot of the Rugby Players Association. They stay in touch with all of these players, even post-playing career. So we're going to catch up with a few over the next few weeks. Casey Laulala today is back in New Zealand after a stint in the UK. He had a stint at Munster and a um, big stint in France as well. But he's returned home and we'll find out what he's up to and a little bit about his career as well. Also going to catch up with Guy Wilson. He is Lydia Coe's first golf coach. Talking about her amazing return to form and of course winning the Tour Championship yesterday which was just incredible. What an incredible career she has had for someone so young. What is she, 25? Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And a semi-regular appearance, but we haven't heard from her for a long while. Zoe Hobbs, Kiwi 100-metre sprinter ahead of her summer schedule. Uh, What she's got planned, how she's going to re-emerge onto the world scene. Is she going overseas? She's also launched a business. She graduated last year and she's putting her degree into, into good use. So we'll ask her about that. We'll be catching up with Jimmy Smith across the ditch. Um, today. He's not always there on a Tuesday. Um, we'll see what he's been up to. Um, and other things. We've got the um, draft, which Sammy's been talking about doing. So today was draft day, just after two o'clock. We'll, be, uh, we'll talk more about that later, but we're talking about the small towns in New Zealand, the best in the country. And we're going to pick five each, and then you can vote on who's got the best group of five. I instantly know my number one, and I've probably said it in the past. So I hope I get first choice because Sam might just try and steal it off me. I don't know how we're going to decide who goes first, actually. Probably a coin flip. It'll be an official coin flip. And I trust Sam implicitly with these things because he did our World Cup football draw yesterday and um, drew me Argentina. Well, I can tell you what, Sam, there'd been a lot of pushback on that draw yesterday, uh, particularly from individuals that got countries like Iran and Qatar. Um, I personally was offended at the allegations of corruption and bribery. You saw the hands, staff. You I saw the draw. Pre- it was everyone all fair. was here, even Tony Kemp, who's the biggest whinger, and he was here for the draw. <laughs> he's not. He's not happy about Wales. He wasn't happy about Wales for the first forty-five minutes, and now he's stoked. Yeah, um, he even changed the names on the damn whiteboard. Tony Kemp. Did he? He did. Which you know, not surprised. I'll say that much. Yeah, I always thought he was the consummate team player, Tony Kent, but he's bitter. He's bitter, and he was saying it was rigged, but he was standing right there while you were doing it. One hand in for the player, another hand in for the team. So, um, yeah, it's it's added a bit of spice. And that is the nature of sweepstakes. And I said to Sam, I was in every sweepstake for 15 years at the TRB, and I always drew a dud. This is the first time I've ever drawn something with a chance. So get up, the Argentinians. Can't wait for that. Uh, midday Madness today, though, um, will be fun. Oh, we also have the vault. $150 up for the vault today. 150 TAB bonus bid, about 245 240 245 somewhere in that region. And I kicked it off yesterday because no one rang. Um, no one wanted the 100 I bet you want the 150 today. So about 240 245 Today's Midday Madness goes like this. It's a bit of fun today. I've got a few in my head. If you could take a player or a team from before... 2000, who could legitimately step into the modern day and dominate. Now, if it's, I think Sammy mentioned to um, Smithy that I had a golfer in mind, 
So they don't have to bring their old clubs and their hickory shafts and their 1.62 golf balls and and all of that stuff. They arrive in this era, peak of their powers, all the equipment. We'll give them a few months to get up to speed. They'd have to read. All of a sudden, they'd be hitting, instead of hitting their seven irons 140 metres, they can probably hit them 170. Technology is now in their favour. So I've got, a, I've got probably two or three or four golfers. I think golfers is a really good one. I think combat sports is a good one as well. But I really want to hear from you, someone from a past era, pre-2000s, that could step in now and dominate and be up there with the best in New Zealand or the best in the world. Um, really keen to hear them. 0800 150 Let's get our flux capacitors or whatever they're called into action. Let's bring some people from the past back into the now and get them dominating. Give us a yell. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto, the great man Mikey from Christchurch. Didn't take long to think about it, but he's got one or two, I bet. G'day, Mikey. Well, I do, and uh, great Back to the Future reference, mate. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've, got a cu- I've got a couple of quick-fire ones, um, but the ones I want to... I'll tell you the ones I want to concentrate, but the quick-fire ones, I think Tyson, at his peak, at, at, with the training now, his head screw on straight would annihilate a lot of the uh, boxers out there. Yep. Um, I think... Jonah also at his peak gets some training in of what the, the new structures are, whatever. I mean, people want to forget about him. It wasn't just the size; it was the speed, mm. and his, he could jink left and right a step. So that was that made him special. But I, the group of players, and I just put them in a group that I think would would absolutely go healthily in the T20, would be all the great eighties all rounders. Can you imagine Botham and Viv Richards with the license to swing? Could you imagine Hadley? I mean, everyone talks about how great Bolt is, and he is. But imagine Hadley with his absolute precision and swing as well. Um, Caffle Dev captaining. Mm. People talk about Virat Coley, but Caffle Dev, those players would die for him. Um, so I think the all-rounders uh, would dominate T20 uh, with the mindset that they had back then. Yeah, fantastic. Richard Hadley playing T20 because the man could hit it as well. Yeah, he could. He could. And, and that's the thing about those all-rounders is that they had a licence to swing. Mm. And they had great technique. Um, I think they would do particularly well. Fantastic. So yeah, that's mine. Nice. Brilliant. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mikey from Crosswich. No I had uh, Viv Richards on my list as well. Oh, I'd just love to see him again. Greenwich and Haynes as well. Um, let's go and talk to Scott from Wellington. G'day, Scott. Afternoon, Steffi. How are you? Very well. I, um, I I thought the last caller was going to say uh, my main one. I'd, I'd love to have him in the uh, the black caps right now. Would be uh, Lance Kent. Oh, oh, oh yes. Team. Oh uh, yes. Hey, just you know, just just that power hitting coming in there, and obviously you know back in the day where the the bat was was hardly thick at all. Imagine him with one of the bats of today. Oh, I know, I know that. Like just the technology in cricket bats over the last twenty thirty years would be phenomenal for those guys. Oh, exactly, exactly. You, you, if you actually could park around the stadium, you, you'd be panicking about your car. I think. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to park a couple of blocks away if you go to a game that Lance is playing. Oh, you would, you would. So, no, definitely, definitely Lance Kins. And, and I think um, one that, uh, from a football point of view, right on, it's right on that time before or around 2000 would be uh, the original Ronaldo. The original Ronaldo, yes. Yeah, just freakish, yeah. eh? 
just freakish. Oh, absolutely. Just, you know, the, the skill that he had. And, um, I mean, he single-handedly won, uh, won Brazil the, the World Cup. Um, I, I know it was two, 2002, but he, he had that, you know, that period uh, before 2000 as well where he was just a superstar. And, um, yeah, I think he's one that will continue on and do pretty well in today's, in today's world. Yeah, brilliant. Great shout. Great shout. Thank you, sir. Yes, have a good day. You too, mate. Scott from Wellington there. We go to Dunedin. Dino, wonder what sport he's going to pick. Dino. Well, I think cricket's your easy one, mate. Like, for me, imagine Adam Gilchrist mm. in 2020. So he's going to hold his own keeper anyway and just he'd destroy the start of the innings because that's what he did. And if you wanted to leave him to the end, which is where Williamson's problem is, I believe, with him is, I don't bring Williamson into the team if we're five down with 15 overs to go and tell him to get 20 overs out of it so we got something on the board. He would never come in at three. Never, ever. Mm. I don't yeah. have any time to see. Jeff Olsen too, mate, honestly. That kid could do anything. I played tennis against his mum, Lynn, so it wouldn't surprise me if you give him an old wooden tennis racket, you could handle one of them as well. He just... His book, Natural, whatever it is, it just sums him up. The kid was brilliant at everything. Yeah, he sure was. He didn't, trying too hard. he didn't even try too hard, to be brutally honest. He was just naturally... Gifted. Mm. I bet he could swim fast as well. I bet he could do all of that. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue, mate. But his old lady was a hell of a tennis player, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if you get one of those and give him Matthew Ridge and um, Merton's game of tennis. Like those two were New Zealand junior. They were finals, too, I believe. They were too. So, so yeah, was Damien McKenzie. So, yeah, I know. And yeah, exactly, exactly. I thought he'd play tennis actually because I was, I was coaching Martin when Damien was just a little bit younger, you know, and he was tiny. Mm. Still not huge, but he's got a ticker on him the size of most guys' foreheads. Yeah. So <laughs> he's 10 for me, though, Damien, mate. No, we don't need a little fullback. The world game's moved from it. Everyone's kicking for the corner. You've got to have something tall back there. Mm. What's wrong with Will Jordan? Does anyone know? I think it was an ear, something to do with his ear, so he couldn't fly or something like that. Yeah, an inner ear infection. That's what they said, but. Whitelock had the same problem, but he seemed to get over there. I, I just don't know. Because mm. we sure as hell miss him at fullback. Like, you look at that World 15 that they named, and I don't honestly know. Like The English fullback, really, he's okay, but that Ian Hogg's just improved something out of sight for me. Like, if you're going to have a World 15 fullback, it would have to be him, I would have thought. Or mm. definitely Will Jordan, but he never plays there. But Jeff Wilson, Adam Gilchrist, Shane Warne, imagine him. in <laughs> the 2020s. Nigh on impossible anyway, and he can be ended all over the place. Or he used to be able to. Mm. And could bat. So, yeah. Good just, stuff, Dino. Hey, they're just good. Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Dean out of Dunedin. We go to Canterbury. Talk to Kenny. G'day, Kenny. What have you thought up? I I reckon uh, Anthony Wilding. He would have gone all right. Wow. There's one. Yeah, with the new rackets. Anthony Wilding. Yeah. And uh, Dick Motts in cricket, I reckon. Dick Motts. He was like our, not our first genuine, but he was sort of our first world-class fast bowler, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, played for the mighty Rickerton Cricket Club here oh, in Christchurch. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> no bias in your selection? Oh, I actually played for Sunderland now, so yeah, no bias at all. Oh, well, there you go. Balanced. You're balanced, Kenny, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Good work, <laughs> Anthony Wilder and Dick Motts, two I hadn't thought of, but they're definitely on the list. Brilliant. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Kenny, with some good ones. We go to Aussie, talk to Darren. G'day, Darren. Hey, Staffy. How are you, mate? Good, Darren. Great topic. Definitely got the juices flowing. Mm. So thanks for that. 
Um, for me, it's got to be entertainment and hand-eye coordination, and I, I just love it. Is if John McEnroe could come back, it would just be, it'd just be amazing. <laughs> I think he'd uh, he'd be top five, no problem. Yeah, I was thinking about that era of McEnroe, Connors, Courier, Edberg, Valanda, Agassi, yeah. Borg. What an era that was. Oh yeah, and and then. You know, um, Lendl as well, you know, the the robot, as yes. we called it, sawdust in his pocket, you know. That's him. <laughs> I, just like what, I just like what Johnny Mac said. He said it a few years ago. He goes, you know how Nadal sits there and he has a drink and he puts his bottles all a certain way and, you know, alphabetical order and by colour and all that. <laughs> McEnroe goes, I just walk over and smash him with my racket. Because <laughs> I changed him. And he would too. He would too. <laughs> oh. I would love to see that. I mean, anyone with an OCD, he would just be rent-free in their head. It would be so good. Oh, it would be brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to see McEnroe again. Oh, absolutely. I imagine with a graphite racket, you know, like you wouldn't be able to pass him at net. He'd get everything. Yeah. And he already had a potent serve as well. Very good serve. I've tried serving like that, and I think we're still trying to find the ball. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's... uh, but yeah, just one of those players where he sort of really came out and dominated the net, which we don't see much now. Mm, so, that's it. The Aussie volley's see, gone. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, Darren. I like thanks, putting Mac on my list. Cheers. Well done. Someone else texts McEnroe through as well with his amazing timing using an old wooden racket. Imagine him now. Thank you for that text. Double eight double three. if you want to text him through. But 0800 150 811. We talked to Simon from Hamilton. G'day, Simon. G'day, Staffy. How's things today, all right, mate? Good, Simon. Getting a good list together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, um, imagine McEnroe versus Kyrgios. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> it's a, typh- a great match. It's a typhoon against a cyclone. Oh my gosh! I can just see it happening, though. Hey, um, I've got a couple of uh, rugby players, and I, I think Zinzan Brook would fit in all day anywhere in any um, team playing these days mm. with the skill range. But a, a, an older, older style of player, and probably there's plenty of red cards in the game already. But he'd be prone to them, and that'd be old Cowboy Shaw toughness. Oh, they haven't built many as tough as him since him. Uh, I can remember that guy, and I'm I'm not that old, but um, I used to watch him, and geez, he was a he was a tough bugger. He sure was a tough bugger, Cowboy Shaw. Great shout, awesome, Simon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Good on you, mate. Uh, Joey from Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Spath. Um, Sir Don Bradman. Oh. Sir Don. I would... Imagine him. I would love... be 100%, 100%. I would love to see that. Yeah, you just imagine him, Spath. Oh. Hitting it out of the park, whatever, you know, unbelievable. It'd It'd just be amazing, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I, of course, I, I never got to see him play. I've seen a few grainy footage of him. He was just, his technique was just so flawless, and I'd love to see him again. Well, another one, too, would be Martin Crowe. Exactly, you know? yeah. Good old Martin Crowe, mate. I mean, Martin Crowe was just technique-wise what, probably the best we've, we've had, you know, and just unbelievable. And he started up that max cricket, which ended up sort of being a little bit of, of 20. 2020, you know, that what we're doing now. It Remember def- him starting that up? It definitely at, was. At, at, at Cornwall Park? It definitely yeah, was. He started it. He started it. Yeah, he's dead right. He started it at, at Cornwall Park, I remember. 
Yeah. And, 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 and then all of a sudden now we went to the one days and now we've gone to 2020. Mm. He was a visionary. He was a visionary, Martin Crowe. Hogan. Hogan. Unbelievable. Brilliant. Brilliant call, Joey. Thanks, buddy. Here's Joey out of Auckland. Homage to <clears throat> Martin Crowe. We'll take a quick break. If you want to join in, we've got a couple of calls on hold, but we have to get a break away. 0800 150 It's midday madness here on Afternoons with Staffy. Thanks to Gull. Gull.nz. That's where the economical fuel can be found. Go and register, and they'll send you a text or an email and tell you when it's cheap, cheap, cheap. But it's cool having Gull here. Four hours, 12 to 4 every day. Good on you, Gull. We'll be back with your calls after the break. Looking forward to more of your calls. 0800-150-811. Remember the best quarter of the month. We're winning Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill. It's oh, it's almost like a nursery rhyme, but I want it. You should want it too, and that's thanks to Able Living. And the quarter of the month could come out of Midday Madness because we get a lot of good calls. And the next one will be good because it's Zaid from Auckland. G'day, Zaid. Hi, before I get on to this, um, you were talking about a small town draft. You can't get much smaller than Martin, can you? Martin, no. <laughs> that is small, and I've been there a number of times. Yeah, my pops lives down there, so that's why I know where Martin is. Oh, I used to go there every Monday for about five years when I was a travelling salesperson. Martin. Oh, yeah. Martin, what a little town. <laughs> Not much down there. <laughs> I think when you hit the 50Ks, the 50K speed limit thing as you hit Martin, you can hold your breath and drive right through the town till it goes 100Ks again without taking a breath. That's how small Martin is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I don't know if Martin will make my top five, but it's worth a mention. No, probably not. Uh, Mike Tyson. Yep. Brilliant. Um, the whole Chicago Bulls, nineteen ninety six. Oh, good shout. Yeah, get them all back. Yes. Yeah, get them back. Yes. Mike, the... Mike, Mike Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. What a team! The Last Dance, best thing on Netflix you've ever seen. Mm. Um, if you want to go real back, he can only he can only shoot two pointers. I know he's not around anymore. But Will Chamberlain. Well, the stilt. Yeah, I heard he. What did he shoot? A hundred points and you couldn't even shoot threes. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, hundred points in a game. I don't know how that's even impossible. Mm. I don't know how that worked, but it yeah. worked somehow. Um, and um, was he Macram? Yeah, good show. I was thinking of Eunice and Akram. They were God. They could hoop it. I know he didn't. I know he finished in two thousands. But does Tyson's in Doki count because he started in the nineties or no? Oh, we can go Session 10 Dolker, the little master. He, he started when he was 16, didn't he, Test Cricket? Yeah, he started like 1990-odd, so he was around races. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's probably about it. Good man. Good man, Zaid. Um, keep your ear out for Martin making our top little towns. Don't hold your breath, though. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. <laughs> Zaid from Auckland. He's, got, he's a champion, man. Uh, we go to Brent from Wellington. G'day, Brent. Hey, that, that was a that was a good line you said about Martin. Dollar, <laughs> it's true. I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I got some rugby players. Bro, imagine this for your front row: Keith Murdoch and John Ashworth. Oh, jeepers! You'd get away with nothing in that front row. Carmo and Colin Meads at um, lock. Yeah. Right. Michael Jones and Enkut Patrick at six and seven. Ooh. And. Yep. Uh, Buckles in there at eight, 
and you can sub either one when you want. Oh, hey? You're getting me excited. Wouldn't fuck Delphi get you over there, Valens Ryan, brother? All day. All day hey? he would. And there's no way, pack, no way with Buck Shelford as captain we'd drop 19 points in the last nine minutes. Well, staff, that was unbelievable. All the games I've played, I've never given up 19 points in nine minutes. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, mate. Yeah. But, yeah, hey, and the other one at, at halfback, imagine Super Sid, he'd, he'd dance around a few of those forwards, wouldn't he? Oh, I love Sue. I want, I w- I'm actually going to email the Northland Rugby Union, the Tanifa, and say, bring back the going triple scissors and just bring it out one game in the NPC. The crowd would erupt. Oh, yes. Those guys could execute it brilliantly. And for the tennis, Seth, the best match i ever seen in my entire life, the best power-hitting tennis, mm. Saffin versus Sampras, bro. It was a semis, but it should have been the final. Marat that was the most Saffin. awesome game of tennis i ever seen, man. Yeah, good stuff. Actually, my favourite game of tennis ever was uh, Chris Lewis, Kevin Curran. Okay. Yeah, way back at Wimbledon when Chris Lewis made the semis, I think it was. In fact, did he beat Curran and then lose to McEnroe in the final? I think that's right. But I just remember because me and my mates uh, got a six-pack of KFC each and we fell asleep after the second set in the middle of the night. That's why I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Steve. Good on you, Brent. Good chatting. Uh, Quick break for news. We got the lovely Karen bringing us new sport and weather for the next few days. Uh, we'll return with Cliff and anyone else that wants to call on 0800 150 11. Who from the past could foot it right now? Listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. To the phones we go, 0800 150 Who could we bring back from then and bring them into now? And they'd be awesome. Who would you love to see in that situation? Cliff from Dunedin. G'day, Cliff. Daffy, I, I remember watching um, a, a battle between Sam Sneed and Jack Nicholas at mm. golf. I played an exhibition and Jack Nicholas probably outdrove him by about 50 yards, uh, old Sam. Now, it'll be interesting to see if Jack Nicholas was back in his prime, say, about the same age as Rory, and you know, mid mid to the late 30s and his peak, because he used to hit, you know, three iron, two iron, sort of 250 yards, which was a lot longer than anyone else. He mm. was an athlete, whereas a lot of golfers weren't so much athletes. They didn't train, you know. And the guys coming through, like Johnny Miller and them, were were much more physical specimen than the than the old days, but yeah, Rory McIlroy against uh, Jack Nicholas in his heyday with the both playing tightless stealths. I mean, uh, tailor made stealth clubs, you know, all the, the right up to date stuff. It would be an interesting battle. Yeah. I've been I watched the final of the um, the DP World Tour yesterday. I was watching the you know, what a great what a great tournament that was, and and. What a great field. All the cream come up to the top. You know, John Rahm played really well. He didn't play that well off the tee, but he just had all the shots. You know, he was able to get out of through the back of the trees, punch some real low shots from 250 yards, and, mm. you know, got himself in the, and had that lead. But it was a great battle. It was, you know, two good golfers winning two 
parts of the, the championship, you know, plenty of money. Yeah, just talking to you, Cliff, you just give me an idea. So we're talking a little bit fantastical, bringing the old guys up to the current day. What Something we could do is get the current players and give them the old equipment and just say, and get them dressed up in plus fours and, and tweed caps and all of that and give them some old shafts, some old club heads, some old putters and the old ball and say, see how you get on. I think that would be something pretty, and call it the, the History Cup or something. Well, I'll probably Rory McIlroy probably break a set of woods, the old fashioned woods. His ball speed of 180 mile an hour is just be too would be too much for them. But um, oh no, look, look, it, it would be nice to you know. Was that like that movie of the the guy that quali- qualified for the British Open, who was really only an amateur, no real, you know, golfing ability? But yeah, those sort of things. Um, would be interesting, all right. Mm. It's just like the old tennis matches. I always remember watching Ani Parron and Brian, uh, Brian Fairley play, you know, for the Kiwis uh, yep. in the old days. And they had their wooden tennis rackets. Fairley was, uh, Ani Parron was, wasn't a big hitter at all. And when we played Newcomb and Roche and these fellas Australia, because they had all the guns. They did. But we battled well. We, we were very competitive in, in tennis right through the 70s. Late, very late sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties mm. against the top nations, which is a bit of a shame. But I think you know our tennis has probably dropped in the last twenty odd years or more that we're not really up there anymore. But we we used to be up there in the in the A grade, which was good. Yeah, we sure did the headbands and Oni Perrin with the string in his mouth. Glory days, <laughs> glory days. He used, to, he used to put his collar in his. Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, the edge so, of his collar. Yeah, it was a bit like a golfer not wanting to lift his head when he swung, and Arnie Perrin used to, yeah, a bit of something off his collar and used to put it in his mouth for a serve. It was kind of weird, but it kind of worked. Hey, Cliff, great chatting, buddy. Good memories. Yeah, you have a good day. Good off to you. golf soon. Yeah, good boy. Good boy. Cliff off to golf, uh, and we go to Ed. Kia ora, Ed. Oh, hey, Steph. Oh, Steph, nobody's going to know this, but I'd bring back my 96 Fox team. <laughs> Would you? Yeah, man. We got together for one year and won the champs, but we never got to have another year of it. Yeah, and I'd put them in the Fox right now. The Fox Memorial, mm-hmm. and that'd go yeah. good. Oh, yeah, because um, we would have gelled the second year, you see, because that year we had different players coming from rugby, and we all, and that was our moment in history. One year, take out the Auckland champs, wow. And then the next year, disappeared. Oh, well, the bros misses passed, and all the boys followed him to that sort of like a memorial thing. Yeah. But that's how the brothers were. But man, if we went, that thing stuck together for another year, oh boy, devastating. <laughs> anyway, sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what I'd do. You can live in memory lane, boy. You can live in memory lane. Good oh, on you, yeah, man. Good talking, buddy. Yeah, Enjoy your day. Uh, we'll take another one. We're going to Christchurch. Talk to Bruce. G'day, Bruce. Kathy, hey, buddy. Great, great uh, topic, buddy. Yeah. Great topic. Um, you mentioned that, that match, Kevin, Curran, um, and our boy. Chris Lewis. In the semi-final. Yep. Yeah, it was. 983, I believe. Okay. Amazing match. I remember it as well. Yeah. Because uh, McEnroe beat him 6-2, 6-2, 6-2 in the final. Shoot him up, but um, on a different level. But, yeah, that, that, was, um, uh, that was outstanding tennis. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, 
die for the cause, die full length. There was amazing rallies in that game. How about someone even uh, earlier? One of our probably one of, probably one of our greatest, if not Anthony Wilding. Yep. He, he was born back in the 1880s, 1883, I think, and he played. He he won several Grand Slams in singles and doubles. He was an absolute um, good-looking boy as well, I believe. Very fit. The ladies loved him. Um, <laughs> Living he, the dream. Oh yeah, but he he died. He he died in his thirties. He enlisted for the World War One, and he was killed unfortunately. Mm. So only in his early thirties. So he never got to fulfil further. He he could have gone on for another five or ten years, maybe. Didn't he win Wimbledon like four or five times in a row? Something like that. Yeah, I think he did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic shout there. Anthony Wilding, would have loved to seen him have but another go around. You, um, but it's a different, you know, McEnroe and Co had a, the old wooden record and technology's changed so much. Mm. I, 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 believe, I believe tennis has changed for the worst, to be honest, when they improved the, the pressure on the balls and the, the stronger rackets and stuff. Because it's just developed into a huge serving fest, really, and a big, Baseline smash, really. Yeah, it has. Like, the, art of, the art of tennis has changed a lot. <clears throat> yeah, the likes of um, John Isner. I mean, back in the day, there was Roscoe Tanner who had the big, big surf, but he was still forced yeah. to rally. But when you get someone like yep. John Isner, um, you can't rally with him. No. Mm-hmm. If you fluke a return, it's not a good one. The rally's over in three shots. So, yeah, yeah t- t- I'm really sad about tennis. I'm very passionate. I grew up with tennis from a young age, and Played it to a reasonable level and coached it and all that, and it was a very different game. Loved serve and volley and all that. Yeah. Um, no, it's good stuff. But, it, but that that happens, you know. Things change. Yep, they do. They do. Things just. Show, who knows what tennis is going to look like in fifty years? But Bruce, we've got to carry on. Always good yeah, talk, talking to okay. you, buddy. Here's Bruce. One Thanks, more mate. before the break. We'll go to City of My Birth. Gizzy, talk to Joe. Kia ora, Joe. Uh, this better be your number one city in the city of five, brother. But anyway, just sticking that in there for you. <laughs> wow. Um, Sam told me it's got to be towns, not cities. And I said, what oh, about... We're a, we're, we're, not... we're, a, we're a town until this year. Oh, were you? you know, we could have, yeah, we've got ourselves busy city all the time trying to go with the big boys, but we were a small town. But uh, <laughs> it's blown up here because all the Jaffas are coming. So uh, <laughs> she's up over 50,000 now. So, yeah, we might be just out of the town oh. calculation here, uh, Steph. So, but it's gold. It's gold here today. 25 degrees and off to the beach. There it is. But, uh, but uh, J- uh, James Brown, Jimmy Brown, the, the rushing back for the Browns, the yes. Browns, 57 to 65. Jim Brown. You know, broke all records and he got he just got bashed up because they were dirty. Him today with uh, you know, a more professional and, and fitter Jim, Jim Brown, oh, he'd be dynamic, you know, in, in the NFL. Um, our, our main man, Bob Charles, you know, 80 tournament wins. We're talking about an amazing week of golf. Let's mm. not discount the old fella there with the, you know, won the Open, left-handed, wooden clubs. Uh, you know, longest driver for a long time there on the PGA. But uh, I think he'd go gold coming up uh, with, the, with the new clubs now. And uh, I think the Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah, the Babe. Imagine big, babe imagine big Babe coming up now with, um, you know, giving some cork bats. Imagine what he could do with those. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, he could hit it a mile back then, you know, and, and he wasn't a fit man. But you imagine in the professional league now what, what he would accomplish with just a, another 10% coaching or tweaking.
Oh, I know. Because yeah, he was all neutral. He was hand-eye. Uh, yeah, with a bit of professional oh, development around him, he could have been something special. We'd never know. Well, that's right. He was all cigars and ladies in bourbon, that man. That's but, it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a bit less of that now, apparently, uh, Staffy. But uh, I think those three, and, and a great shout getting the boys today to go back, because I'd love to see... I'd love to see Carter kicking one of those wet, heavy Adidas balls from 45 out and see how he goes. Yeah. <laughs> He'd uh, do an ACL, mate. He'd do an ACL. Oh, oh he might do a hair follicle, you know. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, th- I think, you know, switching up the gear, I think you change a lot of these records that we see today. Yeah. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. You know, those old guys, they paved the way for where, where we are today and, you know, where, where our sports people are going. But great shout and, uh, mate. Have a good afternoon, Steph. You too, brother. Joe, out at Gizzy. Take a break. We'll be back. If you could take a player or a team from before the 2000s, that could shape up now. They can have today's technology with yesteryear skills. Who would you pick? Rob. G'day, Rob. Hey, Steffi. I'll be quick. Uh, there's only one name that I'm interested in, and that's Viv Richards. <laughs> you know, he was the first cricketer I thought of as well. Viv Richards. Uh, he'll, he'll tear it up. There wouldn't be anyone sort of to compare with him if he had the, the bats they've got today and the conditions that are there. So, no, it has to be Viv. Perfect, mate. Perfect nomination. Thank you, Rob. One of my favourite parts of Viv Richards' cricket was his walk to the middle. That swagger, that confidence was fantastic. Let's go to Scott from Taranaki. G'day, Scott. Come in, Scott. I can hear you, Scott. He probably didn't think he's going to get through so soon. Last chance to dance. Hello, Scott from Taranaki. No, he's forgotten about us. He's forgotten about us. We'll try him again. I tell you what, we'll take a break. I've got so many texts. I want to leave a bit of a gap after the last day break before the news because we've got a swag to get through. Oh, hang on. We might have Scott back. We have got Scott back. Hello, Scott. Hello, Staffy. Mate, what a topic. I tell you what, give me the 72 and 10 balls in today's weak defensive systems. And I tell you what, Jordan averaged 50 and Dennis Rodman would average 30 rebounds a game and Scotty Pippen would chime in with 25 and 10 for the assists. <laughs> just annihilate it. You'd have, a, you'd have a whole bunch of teams wanting to go see their you know, doctors because they're all, you know, got Ill, mental illnesses from having to go up against Dennis Rodman and the balls. They'd just get annihilated. It'd be, be amazing. It'd be amazing. It'd be teams pulling out, you know, <laughs> or the bad boys from the uh, uh, late nine, uh, late eighties, the Detroit Pistons. Imagine that team, oh. them beer. Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James would be a shell of a man. <laughs> oh, you've hit the money, Scott. You've hit it on the money. A big NBA fan, Kessler, Captain K's loving it. He's lo- He's going no, oh. no, no. They wouldn't beat my guys. I, I, and pull out the get rid of the flagrant too. Go back to the old way of riffing the games. No text, no nothing. You can just throw down. Let's go. <laughs> hey, men, men were men back then. You dealt with it on the court. None of this whole. Oh, he made a funny face at me. Ref, tech gone. You know, like goodness me. How about I deck you first? Then we'll see if I get you thrown out of the gym. Imagine it. Can you imagine the? You know, oh, Isaiah Thomas and all the boys, and and, the, and like I say, like the Jordan team, you know, like, oh, my goodness. There's some good basketball to watch. I don't even tune in to watch 125 play 119. I mean, goodness me. The NBA's got problems. 
that's another story. Mm. But uh, but this is a great topic, Staffy. Good work, mate. Good stuff, Scotty. Good to chat to you. Scott from Taranaki. Now we'll take our break and I'll come back with some texts after that. Radio Swagger texts are coming on this subject. It's fantastic. Uh, from Peter... Peter M, uh, boxing is the only sport. I think greats of the past and other sports would just be average today. Pete, uh, who's your boxers, though? Um, We've had a couple of Mike Tysons. I think Muhammad Ali would go all right. I think the likes of Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, because the equipment hasn't changed. It's the science, and the science hasn't hasn't been insurmountable for the ones of yesteryear. The original Ronaldo, 22 years old, would have... Jolly well carved up at this World Cup, says James. Didn't say jolly well, but I'll say jolly well. Bring back Ian Smith, the original flannel-wearing, big-hitting keeper. I'm not against that. Ian Smith and today's... Remember that innings at Eden Park? What was it, 176? And I think it's still the highest score by a number eight batsman. Um... What's his name? Uh, Stuart Broad got very close to it, but I think Smithy still holds that world record. Um, bring back Buck Shelford, Ron Cribb, and I'd also love to see uh, a Ronnie Clark in today's situation. Yeah, big, powerful runner, very much like Caleb. Um, Pele and Diego Maradona. Definitely Diego Maradona. Uh, Michael Schumacher. Someone else had a big thing about Michael Schumacher. I'll try and find it. Staffy, I reckon Jahinga Khan would have been good to see playing against today's squash players. He totally dominated the scene in his day and was at another level for his reign. He was also considered one of the fittest men on the planet back then. Cookie, yes, Jahinga Khan. Jahinga Khan. And also Janshir Khan as well. I think he took over from Jahinga. Mark Lewin and King Curtis from On The Mat put them in WWE. Oh, yeah. Good touch, good stuff. A prime Shaquille O'Neal would dominate the NBA today from James. Yeah, you wouldn't want to drive on Shaq. Uh, Staffy from Stephen. Staffy, I was born and bred in Martin. It's a great town. Cricket and rugby team, lots of pubs in the 70s and home of the great Bob Burrell. Of course, Bob Burrell played fullback for Wanganui back in the day, the mighty Butcher Boys. Michael Schumacher, Eaton Senna and Jim Clark for this one. Um... Is there another short one? Staffy, being greedy here. The 1995 World Cup All Blacks team versus our current mob. 95 would win, even with food poisoning. Ha ha. <laughs> Mikey, good stuff. More texts. And Casey La 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 in the next half hour. Chell Collins, he is an easy lover. What a subject that, that first hour. We have got so many in from you. The most recent one, see Staffy, I think softball great Kevin Hurley would more than match up in today's world of softball from Mark. Good shot, good shot. 
Ooh, from Harrison. I caddied for Hale Irwin while he was here for the New Zealand PGA a few years ago now, but he said the reason he dominated the senior tour for so long was most golfers of his era couldn't swing new era clubs due to the swing weights being so light and the balls not compressing on the club face the same. I don't think many golfers would translate at all. Here's a good shout, Harris. But if we gave them like six months to... The one that I that I mentioned before the show, no one brought it up, was Ben Hogan. Like, that man, his golf swing, oh, he could swing a rake, I reckon, and hit the ball well. Uh, ben Hogan, but thank you, Harrison. Uh, what an experience, kidding for the great Hale Urban. Uh, the 1996 World Championship winning Black Sox team, including Michael White, who pitched the perfect game in the final, and Travis Wilson playing the 2022 team. World champs start in Auckland in four days, dot, dot, dot. I appreciate all your softball texts, uh, number finishing on 612. Uh, I'm very aware that the softball champs are on. And there was a warm-up, ga- a warm-up tournament over the weekend as well, and we will be following the world champs earnestly alongside the FIFA World Cup as well. Here's one. John Charles. He was a Welsh footballer in the late 50s, early 60s. He played both centre-half and centre-forward. One of the first British footballers to play abroad where he excelled at Juventus. A legend at Leeds United, Juventus, and then for the Welsh national team, known as the Gentle Giant. I love learning things. Never heard of John Charles. Paul from Christchurch. Thank you very much. 50s, 60s, Welsh footballer. Any of the older softballers could be even better with the composite bats and fluoro-coloured balls in use these days. I'd love to see it, eh? I'd love to see it. Um, I reckon Mark Sorensen could still put one over the fence just quietly. Uh, Sam Sneed, golfing legend before people had a title from Dean. Sammy Sneed goes in there. Mark, so- here's one. Mark Sorensen, Brad Rona, and Thomas Markia could probably still hit a mean softball. On the mound, Kevin Hurley and Michael White. Also, Travis Wilson, while fielding coach, showed how to dispatch a pitched ball onto the roof at what was then Westpac Stadium. We've had some fantastic softballers in our time, haven't we? The Colassies. Uh, Eton Senna in Formula One. Could manhandle those cars without traction control. Put him in a modern-day car and he would dominate. Long regarded as the best Formula One driver ever, Eton Senna. Um, the Senna Prost duels were fantastic. Muhammad Ali for Brian. Very quick and clever and simply the greatest. Wasn't a heavy puncher, Muhammad Ali, but his defence was brilliant as well. His sway, his tactical nous was just brilliant. Staffy, Hadley with his swing accuracy and also a great batsman from Marshy in Hawke's Bay. G'day, Marshy, down there in the bait. Hope the weather stays fine for the T20 down in Napier. Uh, Ryan says, Colin Meads, Pine Tree. He was a Goliath of a man. And if he was given the training programs and supplements, these lads, I'd love to see him running as a six or eight. Also hard to go past woodchopper like Sonny Bolstad. Again, the training and money available to the professional competitors in Europe would give him the potential to be even better. Great topic. Uh, Makes me rack my brain for Ryan. Yeah, just fantastic. Fantastic. I'd love to have seen Jesse Ryder fill his potential. I know it was not pre-2000s, but never really reached his potential. That's a topic that's often brought up of, you know, when we do, we didn't see the best of. Jesse Ryder is one of them. Uh, from Ken, Staffy, the whole Auckland side from 85 to 93, they'll just do it again these days. With the same programs and things, um, fantastic players. 
Uh, Jay Afreed. Lance Klusner would have been interesting as well from Carolyn. G'day, Carolyn. Lance Klusner. Gosh, he was good. Pine Tree Meads gets another one. Jeff Thompson and Dennis Lilly. And if someone required to bore the pants off everyone and bat for three days for a draw, <laughs> I knew who you're going to write even before I read it. Jeffrey Boycott. Plus, of course, Bjorn Borg. Mark from Christchurch. Good stuff. Viv Richards never wore a helmet against anyone. He didn't. Oh, he did wear a helmet towards the end, I think. I love that West Indies team from that area, Viv Richards. Greenwich, Haynes, Jeff Dujon. My favourite was Gus Logie. I remember I talked to Ian Bishop about my favourite was Gus Logie, and he said, no one ever mentions him. He batted like five or six. He was about five foot three, dynamic in the field. He was jaunty Rhodes-like, filled that same sort of role. Little Gus Logie. Loved him. Um, uh, <laughs> Sam, since you're playing bangers, chuck on Hall and Oates out of touch for next backing tune. <laughs> I've never had a request for Hall and Oates before, but there we go. Breaking new ground. 96 to 2000, Kelly Slater would dominate still today. Great shout, Scotty. Kelly Slater. Timeless man. Fantastic. I, you know when you sometimes get asked the question if you could be an athlete in their prime for a year and be them? Kelly Slater was almost, always my go-to. Just that lifestyle. Loved it. Bo Jackson. He'd run a mock in either baseball or football. Bo Jackson. Was that... Was Bo Jackson the... Sho- no, that was Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless. Oh, Bo Jackson. I'm with you. Uh, Richie McCaw. Any era. Enough said. Mark. Good stuff. Staff, Lance Cairns and Excalibur. Let him rip now. Growing from the wider upper. Love to see Lance Cairns. I don't want to dispel the myth, but I'd, I'd imagine if we looked up Lance Cairns' strike rate compared to these days, which I see Sam's just swung straight to the uh, the laptop, I'd be interested to see what the strike rate was. Admittedly, the bats would be a lot better nowadays. Do you ODIs? Yeah, do ODI, Sam. Do I ODI. I don't know if you're going to like the result here. Well, I think I know what I'm going to expect to hear here. Uh, what do you think it is? I'd go a strike rate and ODI is about 75. Uh, oh, it's just disappeared on me. Maybe uh, 80. Because I remember the six sixes, the famous six sixes. I don't even know if that was a run of ball innings. It was six sixes. Uh, what do we got here? Stats. We want to go ODIs. Not bowling. We want batting. Batting ODIs. Big Lance and Excalibur. Overview matches, 78. Strike rate, well, yeah, surprisingly high in ODIs. 104. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Which is what sort of Kane's going at about now. Yeah. His average was 16.72, though. <laughs> yeah. So um, but he could low. change a game. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. He's the... He's the um, he saw the impact man, mm. wasn't he? I loved it. Sometimes they'd chuck him in at three or four. Like if we had to go, give it a whirl, Lance, and it didn't always happen. I don't know what his success rate was when he when he was the floater, but he just made you watch the game. But see, that's like Smithy, and I know this is slightly going away from the topic here, but that's what Smithy was saying. I think yesterday about the Black Caps, he was like. Why don't we just experiment more? You know, especially in this India series. Like we've finished the World Cup. We've got nothing to lose. Mm. You know, you're not really building towards anything. Why not throw caution to the wind? Move guys up the order. Play guys out of out of their normal position. You know, bring Martin Cup to him, bat him at five or six. You know, see if you can make something like that work. Why not? Accidentally trip over some success. Exactly. Because we're just doing the same thing. And, you know, for a lot of the time, it's not really working for us. And no. Yeah, so um, anyway, that's a little... 
That's a little sidebar for you <laughs> Steph, getting passionate about it. Uh, good afternoon, Steffi. The Brazilian footballer, Roberto Carlos. He had an absolute rocket of a free kick on him. Cheers, Steve-o. Just Roberto bring him on for the free kick and then yeah. sub him back off. <laughs> yeah, power play. Power play in football. Steph, two questions post your chat with Monty Beatham yesterday. Hmm. They might sound stupid, but it's wrecked my brain recently with the Rise of Pacific League. Why don't the NRL take a few games or even the Magic Round to the Pacific Islands or PNG? Tick from me. Although it's probably not viable, but if the NRL to expand again, should the Pacific Islands PNG team put up for a bid to have a team? Tick from me. I love the inclusion of the Pacific Islands. Moana Pacifica, Fijian Drua. Um, didn't get lots and lots of results, but they bring the whole community in and it returns us to why we love the game. So I am with you, Brad. Uh, thank you for wrecking your brain, and it's exactly what I'm thinking. I think a lot of people thinking. It'd take a bit of uh, logistics to work it all out, but um, yes, I like it. Uh, any of those old Tour de France cyclists that used to have a smoke before the climbs to open up the lungs, anyone that could bike up those hills after a fag would be a weapon today with their new training and nutritional ideas. Hamish, you know the one I'm straight away thinking of? Eddie Merckx. Absolute beast. Cowboy Shaw comes in. Uh, also replace the current Windies cricket team with the iconic team and Chuck and Lara as well. My word, they'd never lose. And how about some David Bowie sound and vision? Great little tune to open up the show after the news. But more bangers, please, like Easy Lover. Someone's loving your tune, Sam. We've got a DJ at the other end. so Captain th- K's the one who controls the, uh, the the tunes for us, so uh, all praise to him. He'll be taking vicious be taking notes. notes. Yep. Um, actually, he had his hoodie up before, and I... And I sort of think I'm, I'm a bit scared of him. He looks a bit like David Tua looking for a feed when he's got the hoodie up. Uh, and now the sunglasses have gone on. But let's see if we hear David Bowie sound and vision for you. Ian Roberts, I'd love to see him destroy this year's manly side. Oh, lots of texts. We will get to more of them. Uh, players from yesteryear that could cope now with the new technology and their old mindset and their old school set. Who would make the great? But we're going to catch up with a former All Black, former Crusader, for, uh, former so many teams. Is part of our ex-athlete series with the Rugby Network, part of the R- Rugby Players Association. Casey Laulala is going to join the show right after this. Right, we're about to embark on our next chapter of the Rugby Network, catching up with uh, former wonderful players and seeing what they're doing now. And joining us now, I'm pretty excited about this, he's, he played for Counties, he played for Canterbury, the Crusaders, the All Blacks, he went to France, he's done it all. Casey Laulala, welcome in, champion. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show, mate. What a uh, what a playing career! I want to touch on your playing career for a start, really, because um, you went over to France um, after playing for the All Blacks and the Crusaders, incredibly successful here. What took you to France? Just a change of scenery? Well, I think um, at the, you know that time of my playing career here in the Crusaders, um, there was a moment where Conrad and um, and Ma'a were obviously dominating the, the center positions in the all-backs. Um, and I thought I was playing some great rugby up to that point, but it was, you know, at some point in your playing career, things things change, and um, no matter how well I played, you know, but credit to those boys, they, they're my good friends now, credit to those boys, you know, they, every time they put on the black jersey, they always turn up every single time. So um, that kind of changed my sort of approach with my career at that time. And then I had a young family and it was just a, a, an easy sort of a decision to, to, to make go overseas and do a bit of traveling and, and play some rugby. How long did you play in France for? 
So before France, I was I played two years in in so much. Actually, my first club in Europe was in Calais, in Xavier Rush and Paul Tito were were, were there. Mm. So I spent two and a half years there. Uh, we had a great team. We did well in the in the Champions Cup, but um, obviously the the likes of Toulouse and Leinster were always sort of a little bit better. Um, and then after that, went to Munster for two years. Um, so you know, I was pretty pretty good in Munster as well. We, we made the the semi-finals did well in the um, the Pro fourteen at that time, a Pro twelve, mm-hmm. and then went to Paris. Played for four years, coached one year, and then I had an opportunity to go and coach down in uh, coach the attack down in Toulon. So, but the family stayed in Paris uh, when I was down in Toulon, which worked out well because it was a lot of work. Um, me being a young coach and being thrown the deep end of, of coaching. Fantastic! And um, you opened a restaurant in Paris. That's a dream, mate. That's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I don't know, it's a bit of a brain explosion at the same time, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I can, you know, I can say to my grandkids that, uh, you know, grandpa, granddad opened a restaurant in, in Paris. Um, so, look, I really, really enjoyed Paris. Um, enjoyed it that much that I thought, oh, it would be a good idea to open it. It was supposed to be a cafe, but it ended up being... A, a restaurant um, just because the cafe scene wasn't as you know wasn't similar to what we have here in Australia and obviously you know um, in in the UK so that cafe turned into a restaurant and I still have it now and it's ticking you know ticking along nicely um, you know COVID had and it was just complicated but yeah I, I still have the restaurant in Paris. Oh, brilliant. That That's awesome. So was the original plan, <laughs> before the COVID thing sort of happened, did you think you'd stay in France for, for more years or did, did COVID upset that for you and, made, and brought you home? I think it was more the COVID um, side of things. I, you know, I was in really, really enjoying the, the coaching part, um, part of the game at the time. And then... Obviously, COVID came along, and uh, me and and and, and the, my my wife at that time we were we were like, well, you know, it's the only time we can take the kids back home because the kids were at that age were starting school, and uh, and we were like, if we don't do it now, you know, we don't know when we're gonna ever do it. So, and and that's why it kind of brought us back to to New Zealand. You did a stint assistant coaching Canterbury. Um, that that's sort of a full circle thing for you, Casey. That um, it's sort of your provincial team, and then you came back and you're assistant coach. How did you enjoy that? Well, it was it was challenging. It was really really challenging. You know, um, not in, in in the rugby side, but also getting back to New Zealand. Um, the coaching style here is a bit different um, from what I was used to in 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 Paris, but in saying that, you know, I really, really enjoyed being back in Canterbury in terms of what gave me a lot when I was back here in, um, in, in, especially here in Canterbury. And so I really enjoyed it, but at the same time, but um, I started to sort of be another direction in terms of um, my career. And, you know, like it, it was, it was great. I'm glad I did it, but, um, 
you know, I think that's why uh, when, you, when you know something is, you don't have the same passion or the love for something, you know, you quickly make a decision to, to move on and then do something that you're better off doing. And of course, now your passion's taken you to, um, you studied your real estate, you got your ticket, you're doing a little bit of coaching at a private school, I understand, but now you're into it, up to your neck in real estate with Harcourt's gold <laughs> down there, mate. Are you enjoying that? Well, it's, 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 it's awesome. It, you know, it's the same approach you have in rugby. The more you put in, the more you get out of it. And um, I had taken a lot of skills from, from my playing days, especially the sort of high-performance mindset uh, um, approach. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, I look forward to getting up every morning because nothing's guaranteed. You know, like you, you're unemployed if you're not doing anything. Yeah. So I just have that same mentality and... And just really enjoying it. But in saying that, you know, although I enjoyed uh, properties, that doesn't mean, I'm, you know, you, you're going to enjoy selling houses as well because it's completely two different things. Um, so I did go into the doing my papers knowing that this might not work out as well. But thankfully, it's turned out really, really well for me and I'm really, really enjoying it, meeting a lot of great people and also some, doing something completely different from, from rugby because up to this point, everything was um, has been has been rugby, which I'm really grateful and thankful of. Yeah, I'm looking at your skill set really and just through chatting to you now, like you, you were part of New Zealand rugby, um, then you went over to the UK, then you went up to Munster, then you went over to France and you're coaching <laughs> and it's like reintroducing yourself into new environments, making things work. And you, you might be there a year or two years and then you go again, you reestablish it again. And it's about relationship building. And I guess in the real estate game, it's relationship building mm -hmm. again, isn't it? Well, that's, you know, that's the, it comes down to the, you know, like you said, relationships. And you really get in there and then talk about selling the house right away. You know, again, it's, my skill set at the time, you know, and I'm still building on that now, is was was playing rugby. That doesn't mean they have the trust of giving me the, you know, one million, two million dollar house to, to sell. So again, it's just going in there, well prepared, um, building their the rapport with them, and usually that the usually at the end it always comes down to to the property, and and, and when it happens happens organically, you know. Things just happen normally, so it's it's again it's um, you know that, and I think that's why I love this side of real estate because you build those relationships, you build those trust, and and the end game is is that oh, um, I'm willing to give you my my property to sell. So again, it's you know if you do it for the right reason, I think you won't go wrong, and um, you look forward to it every every day. Oh, Casey, it sounds like you've um, landed on your feet there, but not hasn't been gifted to you. You've gone out and earned it. You've studied, and now you're putting in the hard yards, and I think that's just brilliant. Before we before we wrap it up, Casey, uh, I'm sure you keep an eye on the rugby and every midfielder we get on. We always ask them, what should the all-black midfield be, my man? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Rico's doing a great job at uh, playing 13. You know, we love seeing that sort of outside break. Mm. Uh, again, with with um, with defense, that just comes with time in the in the jersey. You know, time in the saddle. So, you know, knowing of what the player that he's like, he's 
Um, he's a student of the game, and I think that's very, very important. You're constantly learning every every time, every lines, every trade that they, 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 they do. You're always, oh, how can I do this better? And I think just by looking from the outside in, they have their attitude. And obviously the second five, you know, Leonard Brown will be back, and I think it'll be a good, comp- it'll be a good competition to have with now uh, Jordy in that midfield. Um, but I still want to see uh, G. Russell Sheik get a bit more time in the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still got a lot to offer, especially those close contacts, um, sort of late footwork. Um, but again, it's it's all about spending a lot of time in in in, in those positions because you know, for us, you know, we I, I played midfield all my life. Um, so it's it's ingrained in me the mindset that you go into to the games. Um, you almost don't have any respect for your for your body because that's the only way to to set the tone for the team. Because if the full pack is not going forward, you need guys that will step up and in, in, in the midfield that will go just give me the ball. I'll I'll give us a platform, get the forward around the corner, um, and then you know and establish the, the your your game through that way. And um, and I think. You know, there's still a lot of swap, swapping around at the moment, but I think uh, soon we'll find a, a, a midfield that we're, we're happy with. Yeah, brilliant. Awesome, Casey. Love catching up with you today. I know you're a busy man. You bloody be going out and you'll be studying houses and meeting clients. So Harcourt's Gold in Christchurch, have I got that right? Yes, Mark. Mark, I just want to say I've got these... There's uh, 60 apartments in Tikapo coming up. So if you guys from Auckland or anywhere in New Zealand want to have a holiday home in, in, in Tikapo, Lake Tikapo, oh. you know, backdrop of the Mount Cook, oh. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great spot. It's only two and a half hours from Christchurch. So, um, you know, it's a little break, you know, it's halfway between Christchurch and Wanaka and Queenstown. So it's, you know... Get in touch if you're interested in uh, getting a wee spot down in, uh, in the paradise. And, in Lake and that's why you're going to succeed in real estate, Casey Lalala. <laughs> Every opportunity, my man. I love that. Love <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Hey, good Cheers, man. Thanks, buddy. Likewise. Cheers. Thank you. I'm just hurriedly bringing up the Met Service uh, website to see what's going on in Hawke's Bay. Um, and it's given me Auckland. I don't want Auckland, I want Hawke's Bay because we've got a Hawke's Bay man on now. And uh, big game of cricket on, hopefully today, B-Pops. Uh, here we go, I've got it today. A fine morning, cloudy periods from afternoon and rain at times arriving late afternoon, possibly heavy. Not good signs. B-Pops, welcome in. No, not good signs when you want a cricket game at 7.30 uh, at <laughs> night. Um, when It's actually fine and beautiful there at the moment. So, um, But the old adage, you put a game, on, a game of cricket on at McLean Park, there's a very high chance that you'll also bring rain uh, to the region. Um, yeah, look, it's an interesting game all the same, though, Steph. Uh, Marketplace has India as the outsiders when uh, this betting was opened yesterday. They're now $1.87 apiece. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if India start moving towards favouritism here. The amount of money uh, that we're currently taking uh, around them, they clearly lead the head-to-head market. Over 70% of our bets have been on India. So they're a popular team. And with how they dismantled the Black Caps on Sunday, I'm not too surprised. Aussie are playing England as well in a good series. Uh, and that gets underway in about two and a half hours, I think, their one-day series, Aussie-England. That's a goodie too. It is, and, and, and you're right. That's been a, a well-contested series between the, the two teams. And look, look, Aussie at the same time, though, have, have, been, have had the upper hand uh, in the one-day format, and all the money uh, is centred around Australia just to, just to finish the job, to be honest with you, Steph. So we, we've seen all our money weighted around uh, Australia to win that one. So might be a, a multi if you're looking uh, on the two cricket games between Australia into India, possibly. Um, if you don't want to go that way and you want to stay a little bit more loyal, Glenn Phillips uh, is the man that's taking the money uh, mm. in terms of high bat option. Uh, and where he bats, I guess he might be one spot higher, uh, potentially. Um, he's, he bats at four anyway, but... Obviously, with Williamson not there, will they bat Chapman at three? Um, just might get a good opportunity of, of being high bat. So he's he's the man that's taken the market support at four dollars fifty. Uh, Finn Allen, there's always support for Finn Allen. We're just hoping he explodes tonight. Four thirty three, his price, and Devon Conway three forty with uh, some good solid bets around him to be high run scorer for the Black Caps. Couple of games that will definitely take place is this weekend because they play in all sorts of weather. Is the rugby now? While the All Blacks are not playing, two real games of interest. Um, I'm just wondering if there's any love for Australia. I really want them to get a win because they've just been denied, denied by the by a cigarette paper. Um, they're taking on Wales, who have been turned over by Georgia last week, and Aussie copped a, another four or five injuries. Even market though. Yeah, it is. They have copped it, haven't they, Australia, with um, referee decisions and even in the final stages of that island match. So, yeah, there is money for Australia. They're outsiders, but there's money for them at $1.92. Uh, Wales at $1.90. Haven't seen any money towards them, uh, but look, they beat that. two weeks ago, they were able to beat Argentina, who come off the back of a famous victory, and then of course, then lose to Georgia. So, uh, and their, their form's up and down. I, I'd love to see Australia win, to be honest with your staff, because they've been so close in all three matches so far, haven't they? Should have beaten France. Look, they've missed their kick in this, against Italy and then missed against Ireland. So, yep, money for them. South Africa, taking money for South Africa too against England. They're 225 outsiders, $1.67 for England. The best marketplace we can tell you in terms of that market is the one to twelve around South Africa, where currently they sit uh, at three dollars uh, in ten cents. American sport pops. What should we have a look at? Yeah, well, everyone's with the Forty ers coming up in this uh, Monday night football match. Uh, it, it's a game where look, the cards have looked pretty ordinary this year anyway, and all the money is around uh, the Forty ers to win and to win well. So punters are looking at the. Margin spread of 14 points or more at $2.14. Uh, also looking at point start options there all around uh, the 49ers. Punters are keen to get around uh, McCaffrey boosted first touchdown at $6.50. So, look, there's a number of different options to bet there, but that's where things are at with the American football. And um, Argentina, very well back too uh, in the Football World Cup coming up tonight. We've taken our biggest bet of 15900 on them to win. And the power play that's most popular over all three games is the two goals or more in every match. 
at 3.25. Every match for tomorrow's games, yeah? Yes, yep. So there's, what, three games um, for tomorrow? Yeah, and all games are expected by punters to have two goals or more. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome, Pops. Always good chatting, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Steffi. Anytime, mate. Brendan Popperwell, TAB. You get to tab.co.nz, you know, and or the app. And the good thing is they did it a few years ago. <clears throat> doesn't matter whether you use the website or the app. They both look exactly the same. So you don't have to relearn a whole new system. So if you've only ever used the website, give the app a crack. You've got, you got access to all of the punters' lounge um, results, the whole, the whole lot. And these boosted odds and these power plays, is, it's taken it to a whole new level, actually. In my day when I was there, we didn't have those. We'd... Um, sort of manufactured the odd one but it was very labour intensive but the automation of things now is just brilliant and it's a, it is a good service so tb.co.nz do it do it within your means though people and uh, as I've said before make sure you've blown out 18 candles on your birth cake, birthday cake before you get involved alright we'll have a break uh, one of my favourite segments because I have nothing to do with it it's all Sammy Hewitt it's what's making news it's next gentlemen I've, I've just, just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Great news. Jimmy Smith's out on parole. I can see him in studio. So we'll be talking to him in Great uh, result. about a couple of hours. Yeah. Zon Bale. Yeah. Um, Sean just texted in here, if you take a goal score at the TAB for the World Cup, do spot kicks count as a goal to the player taking it? 100% they do. Oh, like a penalty. penalty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you I don't get... think they count in a penalty shootout, though. No, no, no. no. Only only kicks yeah, during uh, the 90 minutes. Now, let's start there, actually. Let's start with the World Cup, Steph, um, because there's been a lot made around the extra time that oh. we've seen over the last few days. So in the England game, they had 27 minutes of extra time, which... 27? Know, across the whole game, yeah. So usually you get, you know, three minutes... Actually, at the first half, you generally only get two or three minutes. In the second half, you might get three or four. So you're talking seven or eight minutes. But no, we saw 27 minutes in the England game. And I think in the US game, we saw similar, like 24 or 25 minutes of extra time. So you're getting these big nine-minute add-ons at the end, right? Um, which is surprising people. But it probably shouldn't because um, a couple of months ago, FIFA actually did come out. It was their um, head of referees. Um, and his name is Luigi Colina. <laughs> who's apparently the legendary uh, Italian referee. And he warned us about it, saying that um, they did a little bit of this in Russia. What they're trying to do is get rid of the time wasting, get rid of the guys lying on the ground, you know, slowing the game down, etc. by saying, if you're going to do that, there's going to be a lot of extra time added on. He also raised the point of when a goal scored, you're generally looking at around a minute to a minute and a half of celebration, getting the ball back to halfway, restarting. He said, so if you get two or three goals in a game, you could be looking at six minutes of out-of-play action. So they're trying to reduce that, you know, or, or extend, I guess, the inaction play. So that's why you're seeing these longer stoppage times, and you'll continue to see them, Steph. But see, the guys lying on the ground remonstrating that they've triple-fractured their ankle and then they're up and running, they're not doing it. They're not doing it to soak up time. They're doing it to try and win free kicks and get yellow cards and all For of that. For sure, definitely during the game, but you will notice, especially in World Cup football where, you know, the scores are tight or you're hit by one goal, you will notice... That last 10 minutes, suddenly mm. the cramp, and it's, oh, I need the trainer on, I need the water and everything. So I think I personally, I like the idea of trying to get rid of the time wasting. I wonder if you're better to do it the way that 
a futsal do it, where they stop the clock when the ball goes out so that there's zero incentive to waste time. Zero incentive whatsoever yeah, because the clock stops. What, I don't think they're doing then, it to waste time. And then when the clock hits zero, that's it. That's ball game. The stoppage time is sort of played as the game as goes the game on. Goes, yeah. um, I don't know. There, there'll be some solution there. But all I'll, all I'll say, Steph, is be prepared for some Fergie time winners in this World Cup coming in the 97th or 99th minute. Mm. It's going to be common. Mm. It's going to be common. Yeah, because um, it was 13 minutes extra time in the second half in the England game. Yeah. And um, didn't Iran score a penalty like in the yeah. 96th minute yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, all eyes on that. Um, now, DJ Khaled, you, you are familiar with DJ Khaled? Mm. He is uh, renting out, offering people staff. Actually, I shouldn't say renting because you don't have to pay. You just have to sign up for it. He's offering the opportunity for you to stay in his sneaker closet. <laughs> on Airbnb and I know you know you, you laugh about it Steph but apparently it's a very luxurious uh, sneaker closet, sneaker closet. Um, so very big um, two nights two sorry two one night stays at this property in Miami and includes uh, access to uh, his own sneaker closet with dark wood shelves and a double bed alongside the sneaker closet the beautiful property also has an outdoor pool and a lounge area very fancy. So you'll also get an exclusive pair of We We the Best, We the Best Air Jordan 5s. Mm. I know that's your cup of tea, Steph. Mm. Ah, this is my personal favourite. A handwritten note from DJ Khaled himself welcoming you to the sneaker, co- uh, the sneaker closet. Um, you will get the keys to the ultimate sneaker kingdom. Sleeping among, amongst hundreds of pairs, including DJ Khaled's most prized kicks, the Jordan 3 Gratefuls, the Jordan 8 Oregon PEs. Oh, just iconic shoes, aren't they? We all know the ones. Um, and of course, you got the pool, you got everything else. So, if you're interested, Airbnb. I don't. I think you have to get yourself to Miami. I think that's part of the shtick. Yeah. Um, and then is. you and then you can stay in the um, in the residence. So, if you if you're going through Miami in the next month, <clears throat> why can not? That, can make, that make my favourite town list? Miami. Miami. Nah, it's got to be Kiwi. Okay. Or Kiwi. Um, Budweiser. Back to the World Cup. You'll know that. Obviously, the booze got banned a couple of days before. Budweiser, the major sponsor, they have a warehouse. They've posted photos. I think they're doing this every day. They're posting photos of the warehouse full of the World Cup Budweisers, just pallets and pallets of them, like floor to ceiling, right? They actually <laughs> tweeted today, and they said, new day, new tweet. Here's the picture of the Buds. Winning country gets all the Buds. How about that? Magic. How about that? So, yeah, Brazil, Argentina. Oh, you got Argentina in the sweepstake. Whoever gets the uh, gets the chocolates at the World Cup also gets the, the warehouse full of Budweiser's. Fantastic. You've had drunk buds before? Yes. I don't like them. I don't either. No, they make you feel very bloated. But Headache too. True. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if it's going to the team or to the country, like just a big direct shipment to Argentina of like 60 oh, pallets of beer. Oh, it'll be for the celebration in the streets and yeah, there'll just be buds true. everywhere. Yeah, and, and that, that's almost going to be better advertising for mm, them, right, than, uh, than the World Cup. And finally, uh, the Minnesota Vikings Although in the it's NFL. it's not finally. <clears throat> well, there'll be a fact. There's always a fact. But this is the final story. The Minnesota Vikings uh, have been duped, as is, this happens so often, Staff. It honestly surprises me how this isn't checked throughout the game, and it happens on um, news as well. We see it during the weather and stuff. People put these, send these images in of, like, murderers that go up on the big jumbotron. Well, the Vikings have been tricked into celebrating an adult star <laughs> on the jumbotron, Okay. By the name, actually, I'm not even going to say his name because everyone will know who it is. But it's a very famous adult star um, that appeared on the jumbotron dressed in army uniform as they were celebrating veterans. 
Like it doesn't get worse than that. You're celebrating. Who's the, who's the star? Who's the star? His name's Johnny Sins. Johnny Sims. Sins. Sins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people out there will know. But uh, anyway, so they asked for, hey, send in your photos of your veterans, whether it's your grandparents, your fathers, whatever. Put oh, them up I on the see. big jumbotron. We're celebrating the veterans. Some cheeky bugger's gone and put up a photo of Johnny Sins saying, in, in a military uniform. <laughs> Uncle know, saying, Johnny. Yeah, thanks for all your hard work. And <laughs> <laughs> The Vikings are, uh, have they've been left rather red-faced. Um, fact for you to finish, Interesting. Mark. Um, spiders. Mm. Can't stand them. Mm. Scared of them, I'd say. Go on. Yeah, I'll go that far. I'll go that far. Arachnophobia. Mm. If the world's uh, population of spiders work together somehow, you know, put aside their differences, regional differences... Um, you know, there's of course belief you, systems. Yeah, you'll know the you'll know the um, controversy between the oh. uh, the white tail and the daddy long legs. I mean, that goes <laughs> that's nearly as old as the Bible. You know, mm. um, if they worked together, the world's population, they could theoretically eat every human on Earth in just over a year. <laughs> one year, that's all it takes. Just if they if they could just get put their differences aside, one year and they'd organise that they'd eat us all. Jeepers! It's a buffet. Jeepers! And like we wouldn't be hard to find Steph, let's be honest. Mm. They're harder to find than we are. We'll take a break. Soon we're going to do this town thing. I've got a fact for you after the break about towns and cities in New Zealand. We're going to do our draft, Sammy. So I just I had a couple that I liked, a couple of towns. We're doing our top five towns draft. So I had to find out uh, because of uh, Joe from Gizzy said I better pick his. Gisborne's a city. Yeah, no, I can't. And and you have it's more it's more about the small towns. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going but for officially, the big ones. How many cities do you think there are in New Zealand? Officially, mm, cities. Um, ah, oh, like between ten and twenty. Is that is that two? It's twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah. So Gisborne and Nelson are both cities because they'd be two of mine. What is the qualification for a city? It looks like population of over thirty. Five thousand. So Gisborne's thirty-seven-seven. This might be old. Okay. Whanganui. Is Napier a city? Yep. Whanganui. Here they come. Whanganui, Upper Hutt, Invercargill, Hastings, Nelson, Whangarei, Rotorua, New Plymouth, Hibiscus Coast, Porirua, Napier, Palmy, Dunedin, Lower Hutt, Tauranga, Hamilton, Wellington, Christchurch, Auckland. Back after the news. There it is, bit of Bowie, as requested. 
You're listening to SCNZ. All the greatest hits from the 60s, 70s, 80s into the... Tunes. Tunes, yeah, 20 cities in New Zealand. I rattled through those. But yeah, the 20th as far as population goes, Gisborne. Probably by Whanganui, Upper Hutt, Invercargill. You said Hibiscus Coast, Sam. I never thought of Hibiscus no, Coast I, as yeah, a city. Yeah, it's an area. Yeah. But it's not like... People do say they're from the coast. But I would say Whangaparoa is like... That's the town, but that's like the town of the of um, the peninsula, Whangaparoa, or maybe. Would they even say they live in Auckland? Or would they say um, good question, actually. I mm. think years ago they wouldn't have, but I think now you say if if you're living in on the coast, you say you live in, and like um, Oriwa. Like, are you saying Hibiscus Coast is Oriwa? Is that? Um, Hibiscus Coast is a populated area on the stretch of the Hauraki Gulf Coast in New Zealand's Auckland region. It has a population of 60,000, making it the 11th most populous urban area in New Zealand. Wow. And the second most populous in the Auckland region behind... And then it cuts off. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, Behind... Oh, here we go. Okay, so the urban area... Uh, Hadfields Beach, Oriwa, Silverdale, Whangapara Peninsula includes several small suburban residential communities such as Stanmore Bay, Arkles Bay, Army Bay, Manly, Red Beach, Gulf Harbour, Tindall's Beach, and Mataka- Ma- Matakatia. It's part of the Albany Ward. And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah controversial that, Steph. Yeah, controversial. I, I won't be picking it. Nah. <laughs> no. So uh, so what we're going to do uh, every Tuesday, tu- we're going to have draft day here on uh, afternoons and uh, we're going to pick a, a topic and we, we're going to keep it quite eclectic. Like uh, I actually saw someone do one the other day and it was the uh, the draft of uh, bald men. <laughs> and so it had they had like Shaq, they had Kobe Bryant, they had Michael Jordan, but then they also had um, Shrek made his way in there. Of course he would. Um, you know, titan of the movie industry, uh, The Rock. He was in there. So so things like that. They're a little bit different. And uh, I thought today, and I thought about it this morning, some great little towns around New Zealand. I thought, let's do a little draft, top five towns in New Zealand. So what we're going to do, uh, you'll have a pick, I'll have a pick, Kez has a pick, and we just sort of keep going around until we've all got five. And then we'll get the listeners to uh, to vote on who they think's got the strongest lineup, the, the starting five off for the court. Um, now, we've got to work out the order of who goes first and who goes second and third. How do you want to do that? I don't have I don't use coins anymore. Should uh, I put on a piece of paper and just throw it in the air? One side says Steph, one side says Kez, and I'll just go in the middle? Yeah. Okay. Steph, Kez, throw it in the air. <laughs> Steph. Steph. Steph, I go first. So uh, let me just uh, give us a bit of a... Steph. Welcome in. Number one pick. Hit us with what you got for number one. Number, number one, pick. one pick of small towns in New Zealand. Greytown. Uh, interesting. Okay, didn't have didn't have Greytown on my list. Reasons. Mm. That's a big first pick as well, people. We're talking number one overall. Overall pick, Greytown. I've been there a number of times. It's in the wider upper, nestled between sort of the triangle of Featherston, Martinborough, um, Greytown, there's Carterton. There's Masterton further along. But Greytown, you have boutique shops. You have fantastic residents. Your Airbnbs are off the hook. You've got access to wineries. The little cute, the butcher, uh, the cafe. I think it's just called the cafe. Um, it's just so cool. They've got, they've got shops that just sell cushions and buttons. It's that sort of... Uh, 
cottagey town. Idea, I feel you. Yeah. Big explanation for the first pick, uh, which probably is warranted given it's the first pick. Uh, over to me for my first pick. Steph, give me Arrowtown. Give me Arrowtown for pick number for my number one. That um, was my number two. Quaint little place. city there, beautiful buildings and the colours. Yeah, the trees in autumn the and in the backdrop autumn. of snowy mountains. Can you get can you get any better than Arrowtown? That's my number one pick, Captain K. Look, boys, I'm going with our experience here. I'm going with towns that I know can get the job done for me and what I like, <laughs> my personal fit. Uh, all these towns that I will be selecting are places that I've been and that I fell in love with. So I had to think this morning where was my favourite place that I've been, favourite town. Give me Tiano. Okay. was my first pick. Give me Tiano. I'm taking it. That's mate. a bit left field, but, you know, could get the job done. It's a big first first pick for uh, for Captain K, Staff. Back mm. to you, uh, second pick, Mark Stafford. Wanaka. Ah, that's a good one. It's a big player. Yeah, it's a big player. I love Wanaka, and I've only spent. I've only had one visit there. It was two days, one night. Stayed with the great man Ben Hearing, um, former Hurricanes flanker, coach Japan, all that. It is the craft beer capital of the country. The untapped, lots of little pop-up little bars everywhere, and mm-hmm. just the vibe of the people in Wanaka. I absolutely love it. The lake there is beautiful. Where's Greytown geographically compared to Wanaka? It's Masterton. Masterson. North Island. North Island. Okay, that's good. I'm just making sure Warrior we're getting rapper. some variation here because a lot of central Otago towns I've can make this there. list. I know, I'm just saying. There's a lot of potentials on there. Okay, okay. Uh, second pick for me, Steph. Give me Matakana. Give me a little bit of oh, North nice, Auckland. Nice. Give me a little bit of winery region. Give me some beach. And give me a couple of good pubs mm. and a good Saturday morning market. Mm. Matakana number two for uh, Sam Hewitt. Captain K. Boys, love it. Love two strong picks right there. But, Steph, the key word I picked up from you there was vibe. Sam, what I got from you was market. I think I've taken the best of both worlds here. Give me Raglan. Ah, that's give a me good Raglan. It's a good give me Raglan. It's a I can't believe pick. it fell to my number two. But it's give on my me Raglan. List. Lock it in. It's on my list. That's that's a great pick. Strong pick, Steph. He's mm. picked well there, Captain K. So, uh, pick number three, Mark Steph. Pick number for me is why he. Uh, on the Coromandel coast there, sort of bordering Coromandel Bay of Plenty, access to all the beautiful, beautiful Fidianga, Whangamata, all of that, Mount Monganui, Tauranga mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a little bit arty, and, I, and it connects with my art side. Wonderful beach. And again, the people, Waihi, the weather. It's why Warren Gatlin lives there. I, it's a great part of the Now, world. see, I think location there is probably the key for you, mm. Waihi. Great location. location, great location, yep. great place to go for your summer. Yep. Uh, good barbecue locations as well in the Waihi. Pick number three for me, Steph. Give me Cromwell. I'm going back oh, to that sort nice. of Centro Otago region. Nice, a little uh, like a little town on the side of a, a body of water. So a lake, a river. Um, it is a beautiful little town there. A lot of heritage, a lot of history. Wineries are close as well. Um, I did enjoy it when I went down there. Look, it's not a it's not a heavy hitter, but it complements the side well. Give me Cromwell pick number three. Look, boys, uh, for me, I've got one more banked, and I'm going to take the risk here because I'm scared it's going to go off the draft board. Probably not, but I'm going to take it anyway. It's a nice, established town, and that's what I'm looking for, for to complete my roster. For my next pick, give me Waipu. Oh, yeah, that's great a good, strong choice. Pick. A strong pick. You talk about location. That is a Waipu. magnificent place. Sumo Stevenson grew up in Waipu. Scotty Stevenson had some time in Waipu. It's a wonderful part of the world. Good stuff. So we're up to my number four. Mm-hmm. I'm heading north. Dearie me. I, I feel like you're going to pick my next one. Russell. Ah, okay, interesting. Nah, yeah, cute town. Yeah. Cute town. It's uh, it's wonderful. You can see my vibe. I'm relaxed. I am uh, I think i got a little bit of hippie D, you know, me. Just the relaxed yeah, feel, yeah. nature. I'm all about relaxation at this stage in life. But the vistas, 
again the people and Paihe is just a, just over there if you want to go. Yeah, it's a strong. It is a strong region, uh, the Bay of Islands. Um, and I was tempted to steer into the Bay of Islands, Steph, but I'm I know gonna, where you go. I'm just going a little bit further south. What, do, what does it begin with? Oh no. Okay. No, give me one of the best beaches personally. I think in New Zealand, give me Matapuri. Okay. Give me Matapuri. Fair. Um, Very just, fair. Just to the east of uh, Whangarei. Nice 40-minute drive out to the coast there. Take your pick from uh, Tutukaka as well, which is just over the rise. But a beautiful beach. Oh, you're not picking it for the actual town itself. You're picking it for the location, Matapuri. Amazing beach. That's pick number four for me. Does this Is this my number four, Sam? Yeah. All right. I'm tossing up. Look, th- this may be controversial here, this one, so I'm going to need a bit of uh, outside uh, information here to help me out. But... Uh, I want to take Tikapo. Yeah, no, you can have that. And it's a good pick too. Casey Dalala selling apartments. One of my best memories there. Had to wear sunglasses. The water was that blue. Yeah, it's always sunglasses. It's a strong pick. It's a strong pick. And what I like about places like Tikapo, Steph, good in the summer, good in the winter, Mm. not restricted to to one season. Mm, mm, mm. So uh, strong pick for number four. Final final pick for you, Mark Stafford. (sighs) I've got two. I've got three written down here. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Havelock North. Ah, yes, uh. yeah, yeah. Again, the gateway to orchards, to wineries, yeah. Cape Kidnappers, wonderful golf courses. And the maestro, Ian Smith, to take me to Turks when I'm a little bit thirsty or need a little bit of entertainment. It's a wonderful part of the world, Hawks Bay. Havelock North is yeah. in my five. And I really, it really should be in my five because it is one of my favourite parts of the North Island. I want to live there. You know that, Steph. Mm. That's where I want the orchard to be when it uh, when it finally eventuates. So mm. gutted that you stole that one from me. So I am going to, and you'll get it. I obviously love Central Otago, okay? I love the region. Again? Just pick your, it's like um it's like when teams pick, you know, like Melbourne always pick Kiwis, yeah. the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm just it's it's tried and true. It's a beautiful part of the country. Give me for pick number five, give me Clyde. Really? Have you been to Clyde? I have. Beautiful little town there with sort of the schist rock buildings. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. great little shops and you're not going to live there, but you'll pass through. And you pass through on your way to Cromwell. Uh, you've got a couple of wineries close by. I think Craigie, no, not Craigie Range, um, Roaring Meg is very close to uh, to Clyde. So, uh, yeah, I think that just rounds out the five nicely for me. Give me uh, give me Clyde. Captain K, your last pick, please. Boys, I've just, uh, I've just done a Google on my last pick, and I think <laughs> that it may be a city, so I might be out. Papa Moa, is that a city? No. No, I'll give me that as a town. Give me Papa Moa. Okay. Come on. Yeah, so that, sort of right, that rivals the, the uh, Waihee for you, I think, Steph. Yeah, well, I spend a lot of time in Papa Moa because my sister lives there. It's beautiful. That's I where we went, Papa Steph. Moore. Absolutely loved it. it. Fell in love. Went. So that one, in honour of you, Steph. Now, look, lo- now, a lot of great towns left out of this. There will be people upset, of course, Steph, and this isn't a 32-team league, okay? This is the three-team league. Um, and someone says we've all picked the North Island. I think there's plenty of South Island towns in there, yeah, wasn't well, there? Yeah, well, two of mine were taken off me, like um, Arrowtown. You yeah. took that off. I went Greytown, and then I had Arrowtown. You took that off me. Yeah. Um, there's so many awesome places, and you took two or three in the South Island team, so... We've got it covered. We've got, we got it covered. So here's what we're going to do, people. I'm going to read out the teams to you, and we need your vote on double eight, double three. Team staff, team Sam, team Captain K. Uh, who do you think has the strongest lineup from our small towns in New Zealand draft day? Mark Stafford, pick number one for him was Greytown. He had Wanaka, Waihee, Russell, and Havelock North. It's a strong oh, five. It's a strong, it's a strong five. Wow. I'd be happy with that if it was me. So that's Mark Stafford. Uh, team Sam, Arrowtown, Matakana, Cromwell. Metapuri and Clyde. 
That's the five for uh, Team Set. I'm happy with Clyde. It's controversial. People might agree with me. And then uh, Captain, Captain K, K, off me. Tian out. Big first pick. Raglan number two. Waipu, Tikapot, and Papa Moa. Oh. Those are the five for Captain K. In fact, why don't you rank them? Why don't you tell us first, second, or third who's got the strongest teams? Text them in double eight, double three. Double three. That's the one. There you go. There's draft day staff for a Tuesday. Oh, I'm looking forward to every Tuesday. This will be great. This will be great. What also is going to be great after the break, we're going to catch up with Guy Wilson. He was Lydia Coe's first golf coach. I think from five years old, uh, still follows her career closely. We will catch up with him. Um, of course, she won the Tour Championship uh, just Yesterday, I think it was, and what a wonderful season. We'll talk to Guy Wilson after the break. The votes are rolling in, and uh, with some interesting comments too. There's no bad places that we've named. Someone said, why so many North Island teams? Where's the love from the South Island? We just did a quick count. Nine from the North, six from the South. So just one and a half away from bang on in the middle. Uh, A couple of my South Island ones were flogged by the other lads, so um, I couldn't... Arrowtown's stunning. I love Arrowtown. I liked Mapua. I like Havelock. I like Collingwood. I like Hokitika. I like France. Joseph. There's so many awesome towns in New Zealand. It was hard just to get it down to five. Um, very shortly, we're going to be chatting to Guy Wilson, of course, the first uh, coach of Lydia Co. from a very, very young age. I'm guessing about 20 years ago now. She's 25, about to get married. Um, and what a year she's had. I absolutely love watching Lids on the tour representing us and just does it with class and poise. And a man that had a lot to do with those formative years um, joins us on the show now. First golf coach for Lydia Co. Guy Wilson joins us. Guy, I can only imagine you watching on, particularly this year, the return to the top of Lydia Co. Fills all of us with joy. It must do for you too. Oh, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, great to see her sort of getting back to where she belongs, really, in my mind, uh, after such a great um, journey through the amateur career into into the professional ranks, um, and then to sort of go off the radar a little bit with some, some crazy swing changes. But nevertheless, she's uh, back to where we sort of wanted to be. The thing that it's really borne out to me, Guy, is the... Um the forever evolution of an individual in a game like golf, because you, you talk about the mechanics and then the mental game as well, which really played a part and Lydia sort of lost her way, as you said, and then mentally got herself back and she was going through all of these sort of coaches. But did you always have faith that she would find it and rise to the top again? Oh, you never really... Uh, uh, yeah, no, to be honest, no, because um, I, I was a little bit sad to see her sort of lose her way and, and make some bad decisions but she's always trying her best and, and as every athlete does they always want to strive to be better um, but you know a couple of years ago you know she wasn't going great and going backwards not forwards um, obviously now taking more ownership of her own game and uh, at that level you need some some confidence and need some positivity and that only comes from performance so it's good that she managed to to trust herself to, to do what she needed to do and, and, and has had a bloody good year now. Of course, you, you're part of a wonderful golf academy here in um, Auckland. What have you seen uh, mechanically her evolution of the last two or three years? Yeah, well, I mean, we uh, the, the 10 years that I coached her, um, we at the Institute of Golf, we, we coached her a pretty simplistic way. Uh, and then 
she obviously left our shores and went to America and the big wide world where, where she needed to be uh, and, and changed a lot, a lot of things, which she was chasing distance and she was only sort of 16 or, or so years old then. So she was trying to chase her age a little bit uh, and that's why she, lo- she lost her way a little bit and, and didn't lean on her strengths, which was her short game and, and her putting. So at that point, like every golfer's suffered that, where they, they start to question what they're doing and, and all things start going awry. And it didn't, didn't typically doesn't go any better. So um, I'm so stoked that she's, you know, thought about her swing and started to get it back to something a bit more normal, a bit more um, consistent, and uh, getting the results for it. And her putting's really come back. You, you rightly mentioned she was always a, a wonderful, a wonderful touch player. That that short game and that putting, and that that left her for a little while. Is that through your experience of coaching at the highest level? Is is that a confidence thing? Yeah, I'd say it's just the pressure of the rest of the game not, not holding up. You can only lean on one part of the game, only, you know, can only lean on one, one cheerleague for so long before it starts to break. Um, and that, that part of her short game, and she was always the youngest, so the short game had to, had to hold up because being the youngest, you, you're the, typically the shortest um, because of age and, and strength and size and so on. So that was the one part of the game that she was always very good and very confident in. And um, after a while, you know, obviously if you're leaning on that for so long, um, it's going to get stressed and, and starts not to perform. And, and that's obviously what happened two or three years ago before, uh, you know, before the last couple of years. So it's been really good to see that she's holding it all together. And rolling the clock back to those early, early days, what could you tell us about her work ethic and her dedication as, well, literally a child? Yeah, well, I mean, from age five, it was her chosen sport, uh, chosen from the family, obviously, because you don't really make many choices when you're five. If you do, they're, <laughs> they're not good choices. It's normally a mess or, or breaking something. Um, but no, she loved golf. Um, it, it was one of her things that, mind you, was the only thing she did. Um, but, you know, we loved getting out there and, and doing the work. Um, and, you know, when she started to compete, then she started to understand, okay, what's this all about? And, and now she's competing against, uh, you know, the best and, and owning, it, owning it, which is, which is great to see again. Yeah, brilliant. And what of the future? So we've seen the swing development. Oh, I just love watching her swing it. I, but the thing I really love is her mental application, and she's she's found the joy for golf again. And everyone, all of her competitors, all of the galleries, they they just love Lydia. She's uncomplicated. She started to show a little bit of emotion. She's getting married. She's growing up, Guy Wilson. Um, what do you see in the future for her? Yeah, well, that's the Lydia that, you know, we taught her to be, you know, taught her to be a girl, taught her to be fun, taught her to be, to speak her mind, but um, be funny, enjoy it, because it's a game. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're doing it for a job, it gets all a bit more serious, and, and I think she's just getting out the other end of that now. Um, obviously, she's getting married soon. Um, that puts more stresses, but puts more direction in life. Um, she's also said that she wants to be done with golf by she's 30, or by the time she's 30. Whether that happens or not, that's another thing. But obviously, uh, you know, kids are on the cards if that's the case. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's a long time to be retired. Um, but uh, yeah, so she's 25 now, and, and you've got the world's oyster. So hopefully, she can uh, put another couple of really good years um, in the mix and, and, and get inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame and uh, win some more majors, which would be great to see for New Zealand. 
Sure would. It sure would. I keep an eye on the tournaments around New Zealand and I'm always amazed at the number of 14-year-olds that are placing high in senior tournaments. Uh, Both the boys and the girls are doing really, really well. What are you seeing uh, with the teenagers, the mid-teenagers around New Zealand? Uh, um, I I don't want to say is there another Lydia Ko, but what what does the future look like for our current teenagers that are going around uh, the amateur scene in New Zealand? Yeah, I, I, I guess Lydia's sort of pulled the pathway through to to being a, a golfer at a very young age is not a, a not, not wrong. Um, it's almost the right thing to do. You know, us Kiwi kids who choose sports is at a young age, but um, typically golf, especially when I was uh, when I chose golf, it, as I was a 14 year old, it was sort of too young to start to play a, a game like that. Um, but now, you know, five, six, seven year olds are out there playing. They've got their own clubs. They're playing every other day. Um, and it's it's made that made the the tournaments now very strong with uh, teenagers, 13 and 15 year olds, um, strong enough to compete with adults on adult golf courses and, and shoot really really good scores. So golf is golf is in a good place, a very good place because of um, because of the likes of Lydia and uh, and especially the other lads like uh, Steve Elker and and Ryan Fox um, holding the other two is up too. And because of your track record, Guy Wilson, I guess you're going to be a very busy man too. And um, you give a lot to the game for the juniors, so we thank you for that. Um, and thanks for joining us today, Guy. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Guy Wilson there. Um, Lydia's first coach from when she was five years old to 15 or 16. Uh, great to have him on the show. We'll take new sport and weather now with a very capable Karen. We'll be back after that. Top towns, top towns, five each, groups of three groups of five. You've been voting. Captain K's counting them. Do you remember the show called Top Town, Sam? Are you old enough to remember Top Town? Uh, with the Top Twins, I remember the Top Twins. No, top Town, when all the little towns used to compete against each other on obstacle courses. And oh, it rings a bell. When was that, 90s? Uh, probably. It's a long time sort ago. Sort of does ring a bell. Um, so people have been voting, but they've also been making comments. Sam? Yeah, there's a couple of yeah very passionate comments in there. Look, like lots of, I had a couple of backup towns on my list just in case I did my ones didn't go. And and some great towns. Scott mentioned a Hopi. Me and you both love both a Hopi. A Hopi. Um, both love a Hopi staff. So that's on there. Um, the one I'm kicking myself about though is to- Tolaga Bay or Tokomaru Bay. I love those spots. But see, Tolaga Bay is, it's a great location. Great little beach, but great it's not water. A town. But it's not, I mean, there's not much there. But I did criticise myself. Like Metapuri is basically just a bunch of batches and a dairy. That's <laughs> the town, and then you've got this amazing beach. So, yeah, well, controversial. Waipu has got a pub. I think it's got a foursquare and a and a, and a pizza shop. I think if you've got a, if, I think if you've got a pub and a foursquare, that's your town. Bare minimum. Bare yep. minimum. Um, um, Mikey's told us, Staffy, 50,000 plus population for a city status. In the UK, it used to be if you had a cathedral. Takaka for me, best town in New Zealand, gateway to the beautiful Golden Bay. I mentioned Golden Bay, like Havelock, Mapua, Collingwood. I loved Hokitika. I like French Joe. There's a whole lot of towns all over the place. Just put me down for New Zealand. You know what I mean? Put me down for New Zealand. Well, I mean, Coromandel. There's about four or five. I should have written Hahei. I love Hahei. Tairua. I it's love one of my favourite. Tairua, Hahei. Um, W, W. Fidianga, 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 Fidianga,
Some great ones there, Steph. Um, someone's texted and said, I'm voting Captain K because of Waipu and Raglan. Now, so just, um, Steph, for people that may, uh, la- may be late to the party, um, so we did dra- draft. draft day Tuesday, uh, Tuesday draft day. We're going to do that every Tuesday. We pick a random topic. We each go through and draft whatever, you know, it is Our top each. ones, are. And so um, we're voting on who won this week's. And Steph, for small towns of New Zealand, picked Greytown, Wanaka, Waihi, Russell, Havelock North. Uh, myself, I picked Arrowtown, Matakana, Cromwell, Matapuri, Clyde. That's three in the South Island team. Captain K uh, picked Tiano, Raglan, Waipu, Tikapo, and Papamoa. So that is um, the three teams. And Steph, uh, uh, sorry, Kez, I think, has um, tallied up the results. Have you, Kez? Or do we, do we wait a bit more? Do we like sort of I'll leave it until more. three o'clock? Let's give it a bit of time because it's too more. tight. I'll okay. read some more. Lads, you look like you've got to get to Tasman or Marlborough. All those things you all mentioned is about two hours of drive away from each other. All the things we like, 100% agree. We are blessed with some of the best towns in New Zealand. Afternoon staff, Captain K first, Sam second, you third. Sadly, cheers, Graham from Marlborough. <laughs> That's all right. And then the next one, staff's nailed it with Wanaka, Russell and Havelock North. Uh, Russell's good pick. Yeah, Russell's great. Sammy, for me, even though he left the top town of Tamuka out, PJ. Apologies, PJ. <laughs> Guys, for me, the best town in New Zealand is a Hopi. Yep, I love a Hopi. Ruatoria or Tolaga Bay or Hicks Bay get something in common there. Yes, you boys are a disgrace. 90% of those towns, the average Kiwi couldn't afford to go to. Trendy and overstated and overrated. Honey, from Tokamaru Bay. I feel you, honey. I feel you. Yeah, we are a little bit... Um Snobby, aren't we, Steph? Clyde? Clyde is extremely snobby, and I'll take that one on the chin. Is it? I reckon it is. It's like a, all the shops there, it costs about 400 bucks for a candle. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I must stop in Clyde next time. Oh, mate, it's it's a great stop through town. You're not going like, to live there, and you're not going to spend a lot of time there, but you'll, you'll stop through. Mm. Nice little pit stop. Dallas Seymour competed in top town for Whakatane. There you go. Hope you know who's Dallas Seymour. Fielding, even just for its sports people. I... Something tells me in the back of my mind that Fielding won New Zealand's best town within the last two or three years. If you type in like best towns in New Zealand, that's on a lot of the lists. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, because I used to go to Fielding a lot. Living in Palmy, it's, what is it? Palmy folk, 15 minutes away. Yeah. Just, you basically turn one, two corners and you're in Fielding. Uh, Long straights though. Um, And when I was there, wasn't that amazing? Uh, We'd go there to Manfield. Uh, Fox uh, fielding Easter races were always good, but the town wasn't that fair. But they have done some work in fielding. It's how actually, long ago? What? Like because I feel the same. I went, I think, like twenty ten. So that's twelve years ago. Is it? Have they done work since yes. then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was pretty. They've embraced. They've embraced themselves, and they've done lots of restoration on the. There's a the city clock in the middle's all been restored. Okay, uh, it's a nice town. Fielding's a nice town, even just for sports people. Gleeson's Pub. Yep. Do New Zealand mark? Oh, someone's saying do New Zealand landmarks next week potentially. Um, Dave Wilcox at Blackpool. Hey, don't forget us, Stephanator. Woo, we are a village, not a town. Blackpool's awesome. I'm going to throw a Saint Arno is one I haven't been to that I really want to go Saint to. Saint Arno, never heard of it. So Seven Sharp did a story on them, or one of those shows did a story on them a couple of weeks ago. It looks magnificent in the Nelson Lakes region. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it looks amazing. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I want to throw a um, a somewhat eclectic sixth man at you, if I can. You know, basketball, you got the sixth man off the bench. Go on. Seasonal, very seasonal town. North or south, see if I can guess. North. 
Seasonal Town North. Well, it's only one, pretty much one option there. Oh, Oakuni. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, it's a winter's paradise when the snow comes down. A um, couple of really good pubs there, the Powder Keg, and it just, you know, the mountain, the Maunga, is very um, addictive staff from mm. a skier, snow point of view. I know Oakuni's just that quintessential winter town, but outside of that, mm. nothing going for it, unfortunately, apart from a big carrot. Big carrot. <laughs> big carrot. <laughs> and a mini golf course. Yeah. So there's a little, you know, eclectic one we talked about there. during the news too was uh, Oamaru. Oh, yeah, that should have been on there somewhere. Yeah. That should have been on there. Don't forget Winton. Um, mm. uh, what's the other one down there? Tapanui. I love all the Southland towns. Huntley. Riverton was a surprise <laughs> to me. I went to Riverton three years ago and I was expecting a dreary town. Sorry, Riverton. That's what I was expecting. And I drove in there. It's in circles, a big inlet from the harbour, a magnificent, unspoiled, untouched beach. There was a restaurant that had just been rebuilt because it burnt down, dubious, uh, and they served gourmet sausages, mash and peas from the butcher just down the road. I loved Riverton. Town. Town. Someone says Topo, centre of the universe. One that I, uh, I'm i just going to put on the radar now, Steph. We may not do it next week. It'll be it'll happen somewhere down the line, and um, you might have even heard me have a rant about it already. You but always I, say rant, and I think it's rant. Rant or rant? rant. I don't know, yeah. Probably just get caught in it. And um, it's, it is um, things that annoy you at a supermarket. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to let you do that because you have so much. Can you just so- give me a, just, a, just a one pick right off the bat right now? One pick. Mark Stafford, what would you pick? What annoys you at a supermarket? What annoy- It's when they've sold out of the low-carb Freya's bread because that's – I get it every trip and they sell out of it and all the other bread's there. And I'm <laughs> it's just, the one, one hole in the shelf. Yeah, and I'm just, and like, oh, you've run out of that. Yeah, we always sell out. And I say, order more. <laughs> if you always sell out of something, it's a good seller. Order uh, more. It's good. That's it's good. It. Yeah. Oh, no, there's got to be others there, Oh, mate. there you are others. To- I know. I know. Yeah, you, come pe- on. People leaving their, their – what do you call them? Trolley. Trolley and wander off somewhere or they just stand in front of the spices for five minutes and I can see the paprika I want. <laughs> I can see it there and I'm like, I'm going to be three seconds and they just look at it. Yeah. The Moroccan one and the chilli mm. flakes. They don't have rosemary. Oh, hold on. No, it's time. <laughs> uh, it's like, come on, mate. Yeah, no, nah, look, there's a big thing. But that's the sort of thing we're going to be looking at, Steph, is those sorts of things. You might do one that, what annoys you on the motorway. Oh, do that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that that's one. a Steph nerve right there. <laughs> driving, things that annoy you about driving. Anyway, give us a call if you want to play the vault. I've snuck up on you. $150 TAB bonus bet voucher. I've got seven questions that were asked yesterday. You will have access to two of them. 0800-150-811 if you can unlock the sporting moment that Captain K locked into the vault. Give us a call now, 0800-150-811. Five questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? It's that time, $150. I'm just hurriedly trying to find the bit of paper where I had the seven questions, um, which is eluding me at the moment. <laughs> I've got two, I'm running two pads at the moment, must be in this one. Um, the vault is worth 150 TAB bonus bet dollars. If you can open the vault, Captain K Porter Sporting, here it is, I've got the seven from yesterday. Who have we got? We, I see, we've got John from Christchurch. G'day, John. G'day, Steffi, how are you, pal? Very good, buddy. Did you listen to yesterday's ones? 
Yeah, I caught the last couple, mate. I just got back in the truck and I heard the last couple, but uh, I didn't hear the start of them. So, um, well, you get a free shot at questions. If you heard the last two, six and seven, you can ask me to repeat numbers one through five as a start off. Then you get five questions. Okay, mate. Look, we'll go. Let's try um, number three. Number three was, is it 2004 or earlier? The answer was no. Okay, so then let's go number five. Number five was, is it a New Zealand-based team? And the answer was no. Okay, right. So now it's on me. Now it's on you. Five questions. Okay, so first one. uh, Is it an Olympic sport? Is it an Olympic sport, Sammy? Yes, it is. Hmm. Is it an athletic? Uh, no, I'll change it. Sorry, a running sport? No. Running? No. You mean track? Basically, track. Track, track and field. Yeah. 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 Field. Nah, it's, it is not. It's not track and field. Righto. Um, does it involve paddles or oars? Ooh. No, no, it does not. Paddles or oars? No. no. Okay. Uh, does it involve New Zealanders? New Zealanders. No, it does not. Mm. <laughs> one more. Uh, one more. One more. Um, does it involve, is it sailing? Ooh. This is your final question. Is it sailing? Is it sailing? It is not sailing. Ooh, now you've got to have a wild <laughs> guess of uh, 2005 or later um, that is not New Zealanders. It is an Olympic sport, but it's not track and field or rowing or kayaking, uh, and it is not sailing. Um, jeepers. I'm thinking it's going to be basketball, and I'm probably the most useless person to um, think about basketball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shocker at basketball, actually. Uh, is it? Um, oh, I'll just go the US basketball team um, winning gold at the last Olympics. At the last Olympics? Um, well, the one before, actually, Sam. Um, the 20- I think the famous one you're thinking of was, is it 2008.? Was it twenty? That was the fam- I'm asking Captain K, who's our big basketball guy. Was it two thousand and eight? Yeah. Two thousand eight was the redeem team. The redeem team. The redeem yeah. Team. So should we go with that yeah. one, John? Yeah, go with that. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand eight uh, Olympic basketball America winning gold. Sam, um, I might be in. selling you up a cricket. Let's put that into the uh, into the lock here. This is Captain K's one, not yours. It I is. Yeah. Access denied. <sighs> yeah, that's nah, not though, but. I'll give everyone a massive hint here, um, staff. Really? Yeah. Is that okay? Or should I? No, we don't want any any Let's just discuss. John, thank you for taking part. (laughs) I wanted to praise John and just say you did a good job. No worries, pal. Good stuff. Good luck to somebody tomorrow. Cheers, buddy. And it's 200 tomorrow. It could be you, John, mate. Just, you know, call back and uh, have another crack. So do you want me to talk to you about this off-air, staff? Well, it's Captain Case, and you're always like, no clues. Oh, no, I do generally give out a few clues here and there. 
Is this, like, is, this a, is this going to be a home run clue, though? No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. It, it, it will just steer someone in, in a certain direction. Okay, go on then. Uh, all I'll say is I think John did a great job. <laughs> no, no, all I'm going to say is... By finding out it wasn't track and field. No, no, or... by, by starting off, he, knew, he found out it was an Olympic sport, right. and he did well to then pivot Eliminate. from it not necessarily being only an Olympic sport. You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of sports at the Olympics that you wouldn't think straight away, oh, it's an Olympic sport, but it does feature there. A good example, and don't want to sell you up the creek here, but a good, good example is football. It's at the Olympics. So it, is it an theoretically Olympic. is an Olympic sport. So right. he did well to pivot late on that um, because you know, I just don't want to, you know, you don't want to be going down one channel when it's the complete opposite Oh, true, direction. because um, golf is an Olympic sport. Correct. Yeah. Okay, yep. I see what plenty you're saying. Plenty are, plenty are. So it's an Olympic sport that isn't track and field, kayaking, uh, rowing, or sailing. Now, in saying that, Steph, it could be at the Olympics. You know what I mean? I'm it just, could be at yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, it is at the Olympics. I'm saying too much. Oh, you're saying too much. Let's take a break. It's exhausting. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yeah, great to have Guy Wilson on uh, Institute of Golf if you want to go and um, get some quality lessons. Obviously, a, a clearly a good coach, uh, especially your youngsters. The Golf Institute is where he operates from. Um, you can track him down on the internet. Um, Jamie's texting staff's team. For me, Greytown is not far away from me and a nice and is nice while I used to go up to Waihi for a few years in the Christmas New Year period. Waihi Beach. Someone said Waihi or Waihi Beach. It was Waihi Beach. I love it. Um, uh, uh, Sean's text and said, what happens if it's going to be at the Olympics, like breakdancing? No, it has to have been in the Olympics already as an Olympic sport. Hey, Steph, come down to Marlborough and I'll take you to St. Arno, good mountain biking, etc. Then we'll go fishing if you can. Jeez, Graham. My Christmas break, I'm going fishing at my secret spot. It is fantastic. And I go out in not a big boat with with a friend's brother, actually. Usually the three of us go out. And without a word of a lie, we catch our quota. I think the longest it's taken us is two hours from departing the shore. We just um, go in off the beach and then come back in two hours. Quota. Longest time we've ever taken. I'll keep you up to date. I'll keep you up to date. And it's Gurnard and Snapper. Nothing else. Just those two. Oh, glory days. Christmas holidays. Can't come soon enough. There was a late surge of uh, votes, so Captain Case just finalising those uh, for the best towns. Uh, Craig says, Ah, Tiano, the redolent waterfront eucalypts, 
the fantastic golf course. Memories of childhood holidays, Ergo Captain K, number one, Sam, number two, and Staffy, number three. Thank you, Craig. Why didn't you just say best beach? That's all this is, really. Um, just going back to my list. Uh, Wanaka, no beach. Where's my list? There it is. Greytown, no beach. Havelock North, no beach. Russell, sort of a beach, but that's not why I like it. Why he definitely a beach. So I had a beach. Sammy, you took... Um, I had quite a few beaches in there. Arrowtown, no beach. Clyde, no beach. True, actually. Yeah. I took uh, Matapuri and Matakana, really no beach, actually. No beach. Close to beaches. Yep, so uh, shot that one down. Uh, it's not beaches. We could do beaches one day, though. Boy, oh boy. Oh, we could come up with a lot. Mm. You've been to New Chums? I've heard of that. that no. It's like the secret one yeah, it by, is. up by Fidianga, and you have to walk, you have to park and walk like yes. 20 minutes over the rocks and through a cliff face and beautiful beach there, yeah. Friends of mine got married on that beach and everyone parked and walked down to that beach. Oh, that, yeah. Wow, that would have been a big trick for in suits and dresses, and No, 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 shorts. Shorts, jandals. Oh, Kiwi Hawaiian wedding. shirts, yeah. Kiwi fish, wedding. Fish and chips on the beach, where you go. Uh, Staffy gets my vote. I was a camera assistant at Top Town Hastings in 86 and 7. Ian Ferguson and Mark Leishman were presenters. Oh. <laughs> Phil from Hastings. St George's Kennels, if you need a holiday spot for your dogs in the Hawke's Bay, St George's Kennels. Contact Phil, he's a great man. Um, Tapanui staff, can't believe you've said that. That's my old stomping ground. Absolute, can't say that word. I had a night in Tapanui at the pub. They had some motels out the back. One of the great nights, Tapanui. It's those surprising nights. A lot of all blacks and black ferns from Fielding Hyde. They absolutely are. Does the Dairy Noah Kearney still do those awesome chocolate eclairs, Sam? Um, I'm trying to think. Because, I mean, everyone generally just goes to the um, New World in Noah Kearney to get whatever they need. And then you've got a few restaurants and pubs. So I, I can't think of the dairy off the top of my mind. If they are famous for chocolate eclairs, I have to put on the list. The problem is, Steph, the damn mountain is bloody closed. Like, like they're, they're going into receivership. Yeah. So we may not even have ski fields on Ruapehu anymore. Yeah. Very um, disappointing. No one said Queenstown, no. Well, I was going to bring that up. I, I was going to say right from the outset, I think Queenstown blanket ban on Queenstown. Why? Well, because firstly, like, is it a town? Yes. Secondly, it's it, it's the number one. I mean, that I think is the number one. Not I mean, for me. Oh, I think it's it is. It's not in my top five. No, I think it is. I think it's it's cheating. It's a cheat code. Ferg Burgers, though, and you're talking the Ferg Burger, there's the Ferg Bakery next door. Uh, they're donuts. <sighs> If you had to pick, Shut the gate. if you had to pick, yeah, the donuts are amazing. That, that little um, bakery that is that is phenomenal. Nice wooden, yes. it's all wooden, you know, outside and so. The, the thing is, if I asked you to pick one town, I think Queenstown. The reason why I think it's number one is because you have everything, so much to do around the place. Everything's a quick drive away. You've got ski fields, mountains. You've got a lot going on in the the region itself, and you've got wineries. In the context of picking towns all around it then you might pick some of those individual towns. But I think just as a standalone, Queenstown, very strong pick. So I'm glad it didn't come up because I think it's a cliche and I think we went a little bit more out the but box. But see, the thing about me is I do like Queenstown, but I pick Wanaka. Queenstown's there if you want it. Wanaka's like two hours away, isn't it? No. No, 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 just across the Crown Range. But see, it's like I love Wellington, but I love, I preferred to live in Patoni. Wellington's 15 minutes away. Wellington's there if you want it. But yep. yeah, I'm just not a big, big city person, says me and bloody Auckland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi Sam and Captain K. Question about the vault rules. Staff, answer if you know. 
Okay, I'll have first dibs. If you ask, is it an Olympic sport? And the answer is yes. Does that mean the moment is an Olympic moment? No, it doesn't. That's the point we made, Craig. Or, if the moment was World Cup football final moment, and the question, is it an Olympic sport? The answer is yes, but the moment is not. Do you understand what I'm trying to ask? Yes, I do. That's what I said about football. It is an Olympic sport, but it might not be at the Olympics. I think you're better to say, is it an Olympic moment? And then that rules out whether it's at the Olympics or not. Mm. Um because very few... Because as I said, golf, um, cricket. When that, yeah, cricket was at the Olympics, wasn't it? The women's T20 play. I wouldn't cricket. probably say, though, I wouldn't say that it wasn't, that it is an Olympic sport. But, but see, if you said it's an Olympic moment and I said no, well, that basically it almost Rolls does out rule Olympics. out it, like track and field and stuff because there's very few moments outside of the Olympics, right? That you, I know there are, but in terms of what we would pick for the vault. Oh, uh, well, who knows what you pick. You also, I've got a question for you that I want you to sit on, and maybe we'll actually talk about this tomorrow because it's probably going to take a while. But we are going down to Palmy um, on Friday. We are. And uh, I'm flying down on the Thursday. You're staying down there for the weekend, but I've got to fly back on Saturday morning. So I've got Friday night to kill on my own in Palmy staff. Yep. So you're going to have to just... You're just going to have to give me some uh, some things to do in Palmy, some sights and sounds to see Mate, on will, a Friday night. You will put in for a week's leave if I tell you everything that there's to do down there. You reckon? You know that next piece, that next thing we were going to do? Oh, you don't have the... Um, I don't have it. I'll get Captain K to run it through to you. Okay. Um, he's quick on the spot. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is coming up this hour? Very shortly, we're going to talk to Zoe Hobbs. Our 100-metre sprinter who had a fantastic summer last year. So looking forward to chatting to her very, very shortly. But uh, we have something very important. We normally do this at the end of the show, but on Tuesdays we talk to Jimmy Smith and we never have enough time to have an earnest look at back in the day on this day in history. So we'll do it now. It is November the 22nd, and in 1950, 1950, Using a stall defence to keep the ball away from uh, George Mikan, the Fort Wayne Pistons beat the Minneapolis Lakers 19-18 in the lowest scoring game in NBA history. Four years later, the shot clock was adopted to prevent any repeats of that tactic. Fascinating. 1965 World Heavyweight Champion Cassius Clay, the Louisville Lips, scored a 12th round TKO win over Floyd Patterson in Las Vegas. It was his second title defence after winning the championship of Sonny, the bad man, Liston in 1964, and then knocking him out in the first round of a farcical rematch in May 65. 2003, Johnny Wilkinson, field goal, final minute, England. There's 35 seconds to go. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. I have never heard that bit of commentary. That is fantastic. Oh, and of course, if you remember, that was the Rugby World Cup final in Sydney. He was heading to sudden death after Wilkinson and Flatley. They swapped penalties in extra time, and then his drop goal sealed the victory. Birthdays today, American tennis legend Billie Jean King. It is her birthday today. Happy birthday, Renz. Dave Rennie, Wallabies coach, 59 today. Boris Boom Boom Broom Closet Becker. 55 today, the German tennis player. And Will Young, the black cap, turns 30 today. The number one movie was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 
only costs $2 to get in to watch that movie. And the number one song that's going to take us to the ad break, remember Zoe Hobbs is joining us straight after this break, but the number one song, come on, karaoke now. Caught up with this young woman uh, often over the summer last year, and it was at World Champs and Indoor Champs, and it was in the heat of battle. Had a little bit of time off, has Zoe Hobbs, but she's starting to build again. She joins us now. G'day, Zoe. G'day. Thank you for having me on. Um, you had a bit of time off, very much well-deserved time off. Um, is it is it rest? Is, do you completely remove yourself from the competitiveness of, of the last 12 months? Because, boy, you had a lot on. Yeah, this, this break was probably the longest I've ever had throughout my athletic season. I had about six to eight weeks off. I sort of started to lose count because we took a holiday, which was quite nice. But usually, I think I'd spoken to you about this before, usually after about a week or two off, I'm itching to come back. But I wasn't quite getting that this time. And I think it's because there wasn't anything next on the horizon. But once I did get back into things and found my routine again, then yeah. Yeah, it was all good Like once I found that routine again, but it was really nice to have a nice solid break this time. And I think for someone in your position, it must be quite good to A, have that time off and do that reflecting. So as you sat back and on your holiday, did you take time to think about, I mean, for a start, you took point two off your second in about six months. Um, and do you look back at what worked and what didn't? Yeah, I, I guess I took the time after that holiday to really think about that sort of stuff. I really enjoyed just being able to switch off and not have to be on my phone or be be present. I could just like completely switch off from the world. That was quite nice over that that first week that I'd had off immediately after the Commonwealth Games and then and then as I started to get closer to needing to come back to training, that's where I took the time to really reflect on, on the crazy year it's been because there was quite a lot to <laughs> reflect on. It had been quite a a whirlwind season and yeah there was a number of factors and it was quite cool to come to the table with my team my support team and discuss all of those things and where we're moving um next and forward from here um and in recent times you've just been awarded the taranaki sportswoman of the year i saw that on socials and that's yeah. pre- pre- that's pretty cool all the stuff you do internationally and um improving your times and all that but it's, I'd imagine it's quite grounding to get recognised from your region of Taranaki. What, what, what did that award mean to you? Yeah, it meant a lot. And I was really gutted because my flight to go home um, was cancelled. So it meant that I couldn't actually be there in person, which was really annoying. But 
yeah, it does mean a lot. And I'd actually been home the week prior um, for a Balance is Better campaign, which is all about kids and sport and getting across the right message of what sport means for kids. Um, making sure that we don't specialise early and just having positive reinforcement in sport. So I'd been home the week prior and actually spent some time with some kids who were part of my old athletic club, so that was really grounding. And I love seeing kids part of the sport and love it as much as I do. So, yeah, I love going home and being part of that sort of thing as well. Take us back to when you were a youngster and you sort of go along to the athletics club. Uh, I've talked to a few people about this, uh, like Hamish, and um, you know he started off trying hurdles and all that sort of thing. What did you get out of being in an athletics club as a kid? Yeah, so I started at the age of five. It was the first sport that I'd ever got involved in. But when you're that young, like we, especially at the age of five, we didn't actually do proper 100-meter races or anything. It was all about having fun doing relays and um, running those shorter distances. And then as you progress into the older age groups, that's where you get to look forward to trying a few more events. And I remember trying long jump for the first time and being so excited. <laughs> and then you get to the age of 10 and you can try high jump for the first time. So it's all quite a like gradual progression. And I loved giving everything a go. Even loved giving 1500s a go, believe it or not. So <laughs> um, I'm very much like at a young age, loved to try everything and see what I enjoyed the most. And even as, as a youngster, I did enjoy the jumps just as much as the sprints. And it wasn't until the end of high school that I started to specialise in those sprints. Um, I mentioned earlier that in uh, December last year, you broke the New Zealand record of 11.27 and then you got it down to 11.08. In anyone's terms, that's that's rapid improvement. Um, and I don't know the facts, but I'd imagine that's you, your best chunk of improvement in your career. And having followed you for the last wee while, your attention to detail is phenomenal. Um, do you map things out with goals? Um, yeah, so I, I have like key moments of the year where I'll meet with my my support team and then um, particularly Morty and Simon more so, the tight-knit team, and map out where I sort of want to get to. Um, and then we'll review that. So we did one at the end of the comms season. Um, and then it's about bringing people to the table of like, okay, where can we move from here and um, what adjustments can we make to get to X, Y, Z. So yeah, like you said, it was, it was a massive jump and I don't think we were expecting to jump that much in one season. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe we just got everything right in one season and um, yeah, I'm just fortunate to have Morty and Simon and a bunch of brains behind me because the work that they put in is incredible. You went off to the world, you did the indoors, which is 60 metres, and I was quite excited that you were going to go there because one of your strengths, again, my uneducated view, was you've always had an amazing start. You seem to reach your top speed really quickly, and I thought 60 metres is going to be right in your wheelhouse. Have you got an appetite to to do a bit more 60 metre stuff? Yeah, I would love to. Unfortunately, the world indoors has been cancelled, or postponed, I should say, at the start of next year. Um, but I would like to head over to the US and dabble in a bit more of the, the indoor stuff because it just keeps it fun. And I, I love, like I said, trying new distances and especially those six days it is, I think, where my specialty lies. Um, if I can get a bit more experience running over that distance, then that would be amazing. And so, yeah, that is one thing that we'll target at the start of um, our domestic season, head over to the US and 
try some more indoor stuff there. So as far as your 100 metres goes, what's the focus? Is it is it that 50 to 80 metre part of the 100 metres? Where's the focus of improvement for you now? Um, at the moment, we're trying to get more stride length. So for my heights, I'm actually not getting the optimal amount of stride in my um, length. So my cadence is good. I'm just trying to mix the two together. So trying to keep that cadence, but also getting a bit more um, length to my stride and hopefully knock off, even even if you knock off one step, that's huge in a 100 meter because you're, you're talking about small increments. So yeah, just trying to get that step number down and get more length out of my stride. Yeah, so I'm, we're trying I, I read I read that you've dropped it from 52 strides to 51. Now, that doesn't sound much, but when you equate it, as you say, if your cadence, if you if the rate of steps is the same, but you're reducing it by one step, that's two metres. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably where you would have seen um, part of my time dropping last season was, would have been because of that, that drop in um, the total number of steps over the 100. Super spikes. What the heck are super spikes? Yeah, we've seen a massive shift in the spikes that that are at market now compared to what they were uh, a couple of years ago. So they really only just brought them out at the start of ne- uh, uh, sorry at the start of last year. Um, now the difference is that they've got a bit more foam on the forefoot, so I guess it gives a bit more energy return. Whereas before it was essentially just carbon to hard ground, so you wouldn't wouldn't get any spring out of the shoe. Um, yeah, massive developments going on in shoe shoe mm-hmm. stuff. So, and what was yeah. there? Where is there a shoe that was um, like deemed illegal or something? I remember reading something about the arches or basically the bottom of the shoe had had developed too much spring and they outlawed it. Did I read that? Yeah. Right? That- that might be marathons because marathons you'll see like they would double the height or the pitch and compared to what we get in sprinting, sprinting they're not nearly half as high. But yeah, I think you there was a there was an issue with accessibility of shoes and I think for them to be legal they have to be available at market for everyone because mm. uh, there was a problem where companies were developing them and giving them to runners and them not being available to everyone. So that's part of the shoe requirement now. You have to actually check shoes before major competitions now to make sure that they actually meet the spec and that they're legal. Now, I know, I know how hard you work. I know um, I mentioned your attention to detail. What part of being a professional athlete brings you the most joy? Um, I think for me, being a sprinter and knowing like how how much it's taken because like I said I've, I've been doing the sport since I was five um, I actually grew up so much of my life being told that I couldn't be successful as a 100 metre sprinter and even even being like tried to be convinced to become a hurdler because some people would say that that's a better pathway but to actually stick my guns and do the 100 and prove to myself that I can that I'm capable over the 100 and to represent New Zealand in that event is probably the most special part um, and once you're out there in front of a full crowd it's just there's nothing that compares to it like, especially in Birmingham with the full crowd it was just nuts like <laughs> I just love that about the sport yeah and in that black uniform and the silver fern it, it was magnificent right so we're now mid-November what does your season look like from from here forward um 
I probably, um, I'm not too keen to open over a 100. Um, I might open over a 200. Um, and then we've got the Night of Fives, which is a handicap event where they stag you based on your TV, so that's a bit of fun. Um, we'll do that in December. And then Pots will probably be my first opener for the New Zealand season, if not maybe a McKinnon Shield before that, um, just to get ready. And then would like to do some indoor stuff around Feb in the US. Fantastic. And then back in time for Nationals. Perfect, perfect. And you know we're going to follow you every step of the way, even though your steps are a little bit quick for us to keep up. Um, and, and finally, we congratulated you last time on uh, graduating. And a little birdie tells me a nutrition business is starting to manifest, Miss Zoe Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. So that's been going on for quite some time in the background. Um, been quite a few things going on. I just finished study as well. Um, I was doing a, the International Olympic Committee run a, a sports nutrition course. So I just finished part one of that. Um, and yeah, starting up a, a business called Athlosat. So that's looking to Miss Athletes and really exciting. Um, another area that I'm really passionate about and being able to stay in the sporting space as well is really cool. Absolutely brilliant. Well, appreciate, as always, how you always make time for us here. I know our listeners love uh, sharing in your journey, so we're looking forward to a fantastic summer, particularly the 200. I'm going to be watching that. Um, <laughs> you'll be leading around the turn, and then I'll be screaming, hang on, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Thing, I think it was like July 2021 was the last time I've run a two, so it should be interesting, but also a bit of fun. Yeah, fantastic. Zoe, appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. Staffy, what is Zoe's best time for the 200? Sorry, I just saw that uh, after the chat. Zoe's best time for the 200 is 23.19, but she hasn't run it 23.19. She hasn't run it for a long time, so I'm imagining she's going to get a personal best first up. Um, such an improved runner. Fantastic. Love catching up with her, and we will follow her fortunes and uh, other New Zealand track and field athletes. Uh, Tim said, don't kid yourself, Staff. There's absolutely nothing to do in Palmy." I'm going to tell Sam what to do, and he'll come back and go, actually, Palmy's all right. Great place to grow up in. Um, Reese from Dunedin says, Arrowtown, best small town in the country, surrounded by mountains and lakes, plenty of quality cafes, restaurants, pubs, bars, and an outstanding bakery, numerous golf courses, and the best club rugby ground in New Zealand. What more could you need? Tag onto that. Two years ago, I played at the Arrowtown Golf Club. Fantastic little golf club as well. Fantastic. Uh, Sam, Queenstown has the word town in it. It is a town. Also, can't believe you haven't been to the Ookini and not had the world-famous chocolate eclairs from the dairy. Last time I was there, they still had them. That was last year. And they've had them for 30-plus years, as far as I know. Um, we're doing a show from Palmerston North on um, Friday. So I won't be here Thursday because I'm driving down. Um, I'm tempted to drive through Ookini. And, and try and get, the Eclairs. Can you can you go that way? You can. Yeah. You turn off just south of Turangi and go around the other side of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. If I've got time, because I have to be at the the function of the cricket that um, is being covered on the front. I have to be there by five. So give just, it a go. Just give depends it a go. what time I get away, and I'll report back. Well, because I think whenever I go to Oakuni, it's basically just a base for you to you know sleep, 
you know, get some food at night and then you go up to the mountain during the day. So, you know, I haven't really had the chance to uh, to frequent the said dairy, but I tell you what, I love a chocolate eclair, Steph. Do you? So I absolutely do. I really do. So I'll have to try them. Mm. Are they When you say chocolate eclairs, because sometimes when you go to dairies or bakeries, they call eclairs the like, almost like the buns with cream in them. Um, that donuts. Nah, but sometimes you go into places and they've called them eclairs. I just want to make sure we are talking about the pastry, the pastry. doughy with the chocolate on Not top. Not doughy, they're sort of crispish. Crispy, yeah, thin. Thin, um, and wafery. Wafery, bit of cream in the middle. with cream, chocolate, chocolate icing. Chocolate eclair. Not my cup of tea, but if it's a ripper... You're not a big chocolate eclair fan? No, I'm much more a donut. I love the chocolate eclair flavoured ice cream as Interesting well. thing you call them eclair. Eclair, what do you call them? Chocolate eclair. Uh, eclair. Eclair. Uh, eclair. Eclair. You're probably right. Eclair. Leclair. Um, Charles. A couple of more texts before we uh, head over to Aussie and we give you the results. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like this. Hi, it's me, the life member. Can you please get Kieran to play Barricades by Netsky and Rita Ora? We'll save that one. We'll save that one, Zaid. Life, you're a life member. You're allowed to ask. Um, we were talking about athletes who could come back now and be at the top of the game. One more Stevie Tiger. Tiger Woods could still be a force now if he stuck to his original training regime. I remember when Tiger first hit the circuit and I watched his swing and I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a swing nuffy. I thought his body's not gonna survive that talk that he put through his body. Um, Carl, hi Staffy, you need to get Steve Williams on and ask why he's going back with Adam Scott. Also, I'm picking, he would be happy to give Ryan Fox some advice about how to play Augusta. Cheers, Carl. I've reached out to Steve Williams. Hopefully, I will hear back from him. And on the Ryan Fox, I uh, did a podcast with him about three years ago and I asked him what would it take to go caddying. And he said he would love to caddy for a New Zealander at Augusta if asked. So I let Ryan Fox know that because I saw Ryan Fox that very night at another function and I told Ryan Fox what Steve Williamson said and he said, that sounds awesome. Maybe we can make that happen. Um, Ken said, I spent a year in Westport many years ago. That's my vote for best small town. And Casey Laulala talked a lot of sense about the midfield. Um, Oh, There's just so many. We need the results though, Sam, of the uh, draft. Captain K has done the tallying. Right. Not that, um, and I'll just say this, Steph, that um, I think the discussion around these towns has been fantastic, and we've got some great rippers in here. We didn't actually include um, in our lists, but um, Kez has gone through all of the texts, and some people just voted for one. Some people put us in a 3-2-1, and uh, he's come up with the, uh, it's called the uh, Kesworth-Lewis system, mm. and uh, he's come up with the final <laughs> rankings, Captain K. Very, uh, very technical, uh, Sammy, like you said with the, what is it? Oh, he had like Lewis. three calculators out, Steph. Yeah, I had you know, three calculators, four pads of paper. Yeah. I even had a ruler in there. He put on the noise-cancelling headphones, but I didn't want to listen to the show. Just oh, wanted wow. to focus Sunny's on it. Sunny's on, hood up, full yeah. David Tua looking for it. As you said before, <laughs> Steph, whatever. It was, boys, I'm actually really stoked, and I'm, I'm really impressed. Oh, hold on, there's just been a vote for me. No, actually, no, let's let's leave that, because it was after I started talking. So that vote, even though it was for me, look at the sportsmanship, boys, mm. out the door. Yeah, we don't want any allegations of corruption. We've had far too many of those. It's from my cousin Brett as well, so it would be cheating. Boys, we all got the same amount of votes for first place. Well, I'll just go. start with. That, that was the uh, indecisive thing. So what I've done is I've come up with a point system, three points for first place, second place, uh, two points for second, three, one point, jeepers, 
for uh, for last place. So what what I've come up with here on a technicality, Mark Stafford, you had the most votes for third place. Good, but you also had the most points for first place. Good. In third place is myself. All right, I uh, I I thought I did a lot better than that, but I didn't. Taking out week one of draft day is Mark Stafford himself. Enough said. Staffy and one, me and two. It was Monica that won it was, for It was really it close, was though, can I say. We have to scoot off, folks, because we've got an absolute time we have to hit Australia. Jimmy Smith from Australia coming up after the break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yep, the afternoon's in association with Gull.nz, filling your mission all year round. We're heading across to Australia to talk to James Smith. To go to our friends across the ditch, I believe that Staffy is there. You there, Staffy? Uh, come in. Uh, come in, Uncle James. Uh, oh, now listen. Now listen, I understand that there are a few noses out of joint at SENZ yesterday after I was, I won't say I was coerced into it, but had an obligation to speak to Uncle Ian Smith, um, which gave me a great deal of joy. I watched a lot of his cricket as a youngster, mm. uh, Ian Smith, um, fabulous cricket commentator as well. So um, yes, and look, don't take it as a personal slight, but I thought he was very warm, very engaging. Um does your wife know about, about this propensity for you to, you know, mix your relationships up? <laughs> uh, oh, there's a couple of answers I could give you. <laughs> but I do need to be very careful, Mark, around this. Yeah, um, that's yeah. fair. I'm pleased you enjoyed Ian. He is the doyen of sport, as we call him over, the, over here. He's a wonderful man. And yes, you're right. He was a wonderful cricketer, too. And uh, we're very... Pleased to have him in our stable. I'll tell you who we've got in the stable at the moment, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. We've got all the big wigs from SEN in Australia over here at the moment. Hutchie's here. I believe Scott Sattler, Greg Alexander, they're all turning up tomorrow. It's a big deal. Now tell me, has Greg been cited? Now Greg said, I played golf. I know it sounds, we did the show, uh, the breakfast show, and then we played in a charity golf day for our sponsors, Bryden's Lawyers. And I said, what are you up to next week? And he said, I'm going to New Zealand for work. <laughs> And I said, right, right. Um, could you just keep an eye on Greg tomorrow and just see whether any work is completed? I think it's work of the networking kind, uh, if, if, if you like. Yes, yes. Yes, so we have yes. a lot of uh, um, wonderful commercial partners of the Australian Network, the New Zealand Network, all getting together. I think there's going to be about 80 of us from about 5 o'clock. Um, we're going to have a bit of a chinwag, a bit of a meet and greet, tell some yarns. And Hutchie's doing his show from New Zealand studios tomorrow. Uh, the sounding board is coming to you live out of the New Zealand studios tomorrow. Oh, wow. How exciting. Mm. So there you go. Uh, I'm actually a listener to that podcast, so uh, it's a good podcast. He does with Damo, mm. uh, Damien Barrett. So there you go. Hey, I want to ask you, mate, um, how the T20's being received over there? Uh, Surya Kuma Yadav's innings the other day where he's got 111 or 51 balls. Like, he's a mature age debutant, as it were. Like, he didn't start playing international cricket till he was over 30 years of age. He's phenomenal. Mm. You just had to stand up and applaud that innings. Like, um, 
Gosh, what was it? Two runs a ball century. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard the story. It was that his wife or his partner or his fiance was wanting to watch. And whenever she watches, he's, he goes well. And she um, had she was trying to pay because it's on a, a Spark Sport app here. So she had to get an account for Spark Sport. But it didn't, right. it didn't accept an Indian credit card. So she was panicking. And, um, but she finally got someone else's login, um, a former black cap, to get their login to watch it. And uh, he knew she was watching. That's why he scored so well. And she was watching on her phone. Um, to watch him to watch him bet. So good luck charms work in sport, Jimmy. With with someone else's login. Who was the black cap that allowed the login? Because they would be almost held for treason, wouldn't yeah, they? Look, I'm not sure, but I think if your guess was someone like Mitch McLennigan, you probably wouldn't be too far <laughs> wrong. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Uh, as Fletch would say, it rhymes with Mitch McLennigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so if, if that's who you, if that's who you're searching for. Um, now we've got to talk about the fallout of the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, obviously, the men's uh, fantastic, and Samoa is a great story. Great story. Mm. Uh, I didn't catch the score in the women's World Cup final. Did you? Did you happen to? Um, look, I th- Kiwi Ferns scored probably the best try of the final. Uh, um, fantastic try but uh, no uh, Australia got a lot and the Kiwi Ferns didn't get many but no. they never it play in, it was incredible about how you know the the game a couple like 10 days earlier it was 10-8 I know and, and, a tie, and I'm thinking going into the final going okay well they've got some real strike on that right side Amber Hall is a uh, Hufunga is a, is a real handful they're, mm. they're going to have their work cut out and it was like Wow, didn't mm. they blow them away? Yeah, it was my bet of the week last week was um, the Kiwi Ferns getting a 15.5-point start, and I thought, really? It's Christmas. But no, it was Halloween. Yeah, you, you're in it right up until the 17-minute mark, so it's <laughs> fantastic. What was the reception of, obviously, disappointment for New Zealand not to be in the World Cup final, but what about the knowing that there's 200,000 people who identify as Samoa who live... Uh, over in New Zealand. How was that received over over in NZ? Oh, just amazing. It was just amazing to be in and around our Pacific brothers and sisters. And, in fact, on the show yesterday, Jimmy, we had Monty Beetham on um, and, of course, played for the Kiwis and played for Tor Samoa as well. And he he just said he was bursting with pride the whole time. And and it's – what a community of people, our Pacific Island people. They, 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 they show you what the definition of community is. And I live in, a, in an area of Auckland which is um, very densely populated with Pacific Islanders, and I just love it, mate. The fireworks, yeah, right. the car horns, the flags. It, yeah. It's a real sense of belonging, and it was, um, it was just a fantastic. I, I think most people acknowledge that probably New Zealand were the second-best team at the World Cup. I don't want yes. to take away from Tor Samoa, but the way the draw panned out but um, it was a fantastic occasion. Yeah I was going somewhere on the Sunday morning after the they'd beaten England overnight to make the final and there was the car sort of next to me with the two Samoa flags um, <laughs> flying out the back and it was on a, a Ute actually so it was a, they were out the back and, and as I went past I I sort of motioned to the driver as if to say yeah yeah <laughs> how good's this how good's this because you feel like the part of it. They you feel, sure do. Yeah you feel like it's like yeah well done you um, obviously, we don't want you to win the final, but well done you. Um, well, when, yeah, when, I, you, when you think about it, it's such a small island nation, you know, a tiny island nation have they made yeah. a World Cup final. Incredible. Uh, we were talking about that the other day. Uh, you could say per capita, one of the remarkable 
sporting nations on the planet. The other one, to, uh, how many players um, from Samoa or, or uh, identify as Samoa background in the NFL? Mm. Like, there's a heap of them, isn't there? Mm. Mm. There is. I remember they had International Day, uh, one of the first couple of weeks of the NFL this year, and there was they went through the the data on who's who's in those squads, and it was quite amazing, quite amazing. Yeah. Um, Staffy, we're going to fly. We've got the, we've got the, uh, the ODI here, the third ODI. And so we're off air at two o'clock. So mate, oh, we're, we've got to wrap things up. We've got a yeah. T20 tonight, but the rain is coming in. So um, uh, I don't know if that's going to go ahead. It looks better at the MCG now. The rain has, has stayed away. So Brilliant. I'm enjoying uh, that I'm like, series though, Jimmy. I'm enjoying England, Australia. Yeah, they've played well, the Aussies. Mm, sure played, have. And Steve Smith has been a joy to watch. Well, I find him hard to watch. He scores well, but geez, he's hard. Him and Ruffin Nadal do my head in. No, see, see, that's the other one. Twitch. Yeah, yeah, so he stopped that. He stopped it. You should see the change in his technique. It's phenomenal. That's like everyone's talking about, yeah, he's scoring runs, but he has changed his – they put a split screen up from February this year to now, and he's just stopped moving. It's extraordinary. Okay, I was watching him in the slips. Okay, I'll watch him back. (laughs) I'll watch him back. I don't think in his hotel room when he's uh, mirror boxing, uh, mirror batting and all that, that's still going on. All that's still happening. Good man, uh, Jimmy. Enjoy. Good on you, Staffy. See you, buddy. See you, mate. Jimmy Smith out on parole. Good to have him on the show here in New Zealand as we do most Tuesdays. We'll take a break. I'll give you an update on the weather from Hawke's Bay. Not looking good. Not looking good. Uh, just a reminder that uh, we're looking for the first 300 punters to sign up with a $100 TAB stake. Uh, SENZ TAB are putting in 10000 each. We're going to end up with a five, uh, sorry, a $50,000 kitty in the SENZ Quaddy Crush. Louis Herman Watts going to be placing the quaddies on behalf of the team across the Grand Tour events, and all 300 quaddy, quaddy crush participants will share the final pool. So you can sign up to that. $50,000 quaddy crush, go to SENZ radio forward slash win, and then you will get all of the updates. Weather updates, Staffy, it's been mint in the bay all day, but now a bit of cloud is building over the Ruahines from Marshy, and I've got the rain radar up, and there is a massive rain band. Think Rotorua, think Taupo. Massive blue band of rain, and it is marching in one direction. In the very middle of it is targeting Napier. I hope it diverts somehow, but it is a massive rain band. And by the looks of things, I give it about hour, hour and a half, and it's going to hit. I hope it diverts. I hope we get some cricket tonight. The run home, Kirsten Beef will be taking you through the next three hours, and Sammy, Captain K, and myself will catch you tomorrow. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.